0: School of Movies, number 138, recorded Monday the 14th of September 2015, The Scream Series.
1: Hello? Hello? Who is this?
2: You tell me your name, I'll tell you mine.
1: <laughs> I don't think so.
3: What's that noise? Popcorn. You making popcorn?
4: Well, I'm
1: getting ready to watch a video.
4: Really? What?
1: I'm just some scary movie.
4: You like scary movies? Uh-huh. You never told
1: me your name.
4: Why do you want to know my name? I want to know who I'm looking at. Someone is playing a deadly game.
1: It all began with a scream over 911.
4: Someone who's seen one too many scary movies. Now he's taken his love of fear. Hello? Hello, Sydney. One step too far do you like scary movies
1: what's the point they're all the same some stupid killer stalking some big-breasted girl who can't act she's always running up the stairs and she should be going out the front door it's insulting
3: there are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a scary movie number one you can never have sex
2: me. Hey. <laughs>
3: never ever ever under any circumstances say i'll be right back because you won't be back get another beer you want one yeah sure
4: i'll be right back You do make the rules The
3: police are always on track if they watch palm night and save time
4: he just kills by them don't answer the phone don't open the door don't try to hide
2: A Not
0: scary, I had to, scream. to continue with our Wes Craven season of films and our 2015 Halloween spooktacular, tonight we're covering all four Scream movies. While Craven directed and produced plenty of movies in between, this first Scream is arguably the second wave of his legacy upon horror, with the first being the profound influence of A Nightmare on Elm Street. Say what you want about The Hills Have Eyes, Last House on the Left, these are the two that people will remember him for, outside of horror fans. Curiously, throughout his career, Craven tried time and time again to extricate himself from the horror genre, and several times during the production of these four, he clashed with the MPAA, the Weinsteins, and the studio in general. But the importance and influence of The First Scream when it emerged in 1996 cannot be understated. But how does it and indeed the other 3 stand up when watched today? Let's find out. Neil Taylor of Gameburst joins us once again. Hello Sydney. <laughs> Neil, can I ask you a question? Go on then. What's your favorite <laughs> scary movie? Disappoint everybody. It's one of the, it's Friday the 13th part 6, Jason Lives. On available on UK Netflix. I'm totally going to watch that later this week. That, For the record,
5: for people who don't know that one, that's basically where Jason becomes the zombie and has a kick-ass soundtrack by Alice Cooper.
0: Alice Cooper, father of Freddy Krueger. Stepfather. Stepfather, Stepfather. nice. Well done. Because there was 100 maniacs that were his father. By the way, Sharon. Yes. What's your Mm favourite scary movie?
6: Uh, My favourite scary movie at the moment is... I'm going to say It Follows.
0: It Follows. Good. Good answer. Scream, made in 1996. Cost, anyone? Sharon, do you want to guess on this one, actually? Because Neil might know. Uh,
6: um, Right. Hang on. Let me think. It was quite slick. Yep. Um, Miramax
0: production. The Weinsteins.
6: However, horror movies... Notorious for not costing very much at all, and that's why they get churned out. So I'm going to make a guess at about 15 million.
0: On the nose, 15 million precisely. I don't think anyone's ever guessed that exactly right, unless they already knew. Well done. Um, Anyone want to guess how they actually made it? Was uh,
5: 15 million? It was. It was.
0: I actually think I've got
5: a horrible feeling. This is one of Wes Craven's highest grossing films. So. Oh, it's 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 in the hundreds of millions, isn't it? It's uh, I don't think it's two hundred million.
0: It's it's probably around the what, 170, 180 mark, one hundred and seventy-three. Again, really close. You guys know your stuff. Um, okay, so it was one of as what basically, scream one, scream two, and scream three were three of maybe I think they might have actually been the three highest-grossing uh, horror movies as in like slasher movies of all time in terms of how much they cost and how much they made. Starting with Scream right now, today. Actually, you know what? Let's go back in time to a different time, a simpler time, to 1997. <laughs> Dawson's Creek was playing on TV. Um, what, what was big in the cinema? Jerry Maguire and um, Romeo Plus Juliet and uh yeah it was it was like it was early 97 when it came out in the uk it was the first 18 i ever saw in the cinema I think i came out of seeing like the devil's own or something equally grotty and forgotten and uh i thought right uh, you know with my concession because i was a student at the time i can go back in and see scream for three pound 80 or something along those lines but i'm only 17 and i will be for the next few months <clears throat> one ticket for Scream, please thank you very much Bye-bye. And then I went and saw Scream. And I felt an illicit thrill at seeing an 18 whilst being 17 years old. And honestly, it can't be understated, as I said, how subversive this was in 97 just in terms of characters who are aware of other horror movies and are aware of movie conventions and trumps. Now, Spaced came out at around about the same time as this. And obviously, Shaun of the Dead followed a few years later. And now it's... It's kind of common knowledge that if you're going to make something canny, the people in it have to be aware of pop culture. Not necessarily talking about it all the time, but if they behave as though they've never seen a horror movie within a horror movie, it feels like a big step back. I not it?
6: Yes. I think that's probably an extension of what's a bit of a classic horror thing, um, which Stephen King has talked about in in his work on his work if you know what i mean mm-hmm. um regarding the head-on backwards character i.e the character who is doing something in a horror movie that common sense dictates you would never ever do now it's not only that they can't do things that common sense would dictate you never do but they can't do things that horror movies would dictate you never do yeah
5: unless they point it out and then it's ironic
0: well that's the other yeah, but thing. if you
6: point it out and then do it you're looking more stupid. You've
0: moved on to another major aspect of this um, this discussion. You're going to use the M word, aren't you? What's the M word in this case? Meta. Meta. Well, no, I wasn't going to use meta. It was actually going to be the R word, replication. Is this satire or, you know, when does the satire simply become met replication? Now, at some point along the line of screen films, it ju- they just end up falling prey to uh, what they've been sending up for all these years. But I'm interested to know when, if at all, if, if this occurs to you, to, you, know, to you guys uh, while watching the original it's awkward for me because this
5: film scream is the template which just about every horror film now has followed yeah. uh, since 97 they have followed they also been, it's also responsible for some of the the bad knockoffs i know what you did last summer being a yeah. prime example i think that one had the more more That one set the template for unlikable characters being the whole thing as well, but I'm going to stay on target on this one. Um, This one's still good. I still think this one is good,
0: but I think this is the only good one. It also, uh, unfortunately, one of the knock-on effects, as well as a slew of horror movies that were... um Like urban legend, uh, Mm. like trying to turn things around a little bit and and sort of be a little bit subversive. And then, like, a whole load of horror films that weren't actually subversive at all, you know, followed eventually by a a slew of colourless, tasteless remakes – Produced Anything by Platinum Dunes, dudes, Michael yeah. Bay's uh, yeah, company, who basically, you know, you, you acquire the license for not much, you make the film for not much, but, you know, more than most horror films used to be made for, so it's slick. And then millions and millions of dollars just come flooding in for people coming to see the remake. And you know what they are? Because
5: I'm sure, unless you've edited it out, of the Nightmare podcast, they are
0: bland. Yeah. They are incredibly bland. Honestly, and we should imagine. Ornament- be- we should be talking about this for Scream Four. We can hold back on it like now because um, that's what that's the axe to grind in Scream Four. But uh, it's it's worth mentioning now in terms of the actual influence that Scream had because like this was the 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 bowling ball that just started knocking the pins down and just carried on with this massive knock on effect. All that you know to mix metaphors like a Cuisinart, um, the domino that basically started it rolling. Like horror was basically dead it was done like, yeah, it
5: was done oh, the 80s yeah. i love uh, the 80s i love for horror i love just about every horror film from the 80s to some degree or another you know you've got your big ones the nightmares the uh mm. the friday the 13th and along those lines but after the 80s a lot of the they were so carbon copies of each other yeah what a surprise um that it, it, it they really killed them off they were really uninteresting they were very yeah. they got paid by the numbers Gee, does this conversation sound familiar? Yeah, <laughs> it's like talking about modern horror movies. But you know, they got very paint by the numbers. There was there was no spark to them. There was no creativity to them.
0: Yeah, it was giving then- the audience what they wanted for increasingly cheaper uh, amounts, and then you know, lower diminishing returns.
6: Not to mention video. Yeah, having this this market for being able to put out um, home entertainment that was ridiculously over the top and um uh, you know for for people who were looking for the gore fest and not much else like you said you can knock these out for a couple of million or less um and as long as people continue to buy them where's your motivation to put any more spark or or creativity into them
0: honestly uh, if if you're going to discount new nightmare which i know you like uh, uh, neil um, and at the time of recording we have yet to see it I know we're going back in time because obviously we've just done the nightmare shows but we did these backwards um, but apart from there's one really good 90s horror movie that came out before Scream Any like uh, Sharon might remember it from when I mentioned it but Neil do you want to like have a guess I'm desperately trying to think of good that. 90s horror those, I know been. those <laughs> words but that sentence doesn't make sense it's yes, those- Candyman
2: is that 90s? Yeah.
0: Hmm. Hang on, let me just... Yeah, that's 90s. That is a... That is a that, the first one of that
5: is is really good. good. I also
0: love the stories. Well. 92. Imagine
5: Clive Barker, so...
0: Yeah, um, I'm not a fan of Hellraiser at all, or anything Clive Barker's ever written apart from Candyman.
5: Uh, Clive Walker's story is generally quite interesting. There's a lot going on to them.
0: Um, I am not to be manage- trusted regarding horror in terms of what I feel versus okay. what everybody else feels, certainly not what horror fans feel. I, I do not like horror in general. I don't like the fact that basically it, it tends to prey specifically on the panicking, the weak, usually women, that most of the time it's about just fucking them up on screen for the enjoyment of the audience.
5: Also Again, are we was... talking? Sorry, are we talking early nineties or current horror films? <laughs> I just pick I think one. There's
6: a pattern. Um, Clive Barker also has a tendency to lean a little bit Lovecraftian, which, unless you're careful, is very difficult to translate to film.
0: Mm. Yes, I've, I've grown more of a, an appreciation for Lovecraft more recently, so I might actually appreciate him more. I'd
5: also like to counter this. There's one I've just noticed that I have to mention mm-hmm. that I say good. One, although not I don't know how many people have seen this. Prior right to Scream. It's very prior to Scream, it's nineteen ninety. Okay. I've only seen this a few times and it's good. Jacob's Ladder.
6: Yeah, that's good. Oh, that's fantastic. I don't know that I'd call it a horror movie though. But yeah, I can see it's, where you're coming from. You with
0: could that. you can interpret it as psych horror, definitely.
6: Mm, yeah. Yeah, I think you probably see. Should.
0: Psych horror is is, is, where, is our territory. If it's to do with Ooh, the brain yes. and it's to do with a certain right. way of thinking, this, this is
5: a slightly dirty category. Yeah, this is a slightly dirty category because of Silence of the Lambs,
0: which is
5: yeah. psychological, and the only reason they had to call it that because there was no way in hell that which is a horror film. Mm. It's it's a very smart horror film. Don't get me wrong. It's a fucking awesome film,
0: sorry, to say what it is. But it's an um, argument that it could be cross-genre. It's very thriller. There's a lot of thriller but in the movie.
5: There mix. was no way, if you referred to that as any sort of horror, mm. that that was winning an Oscar. Yeah.
6: That's a very good point. I, I I, mean, I would still call it a psych thriller rather than a horror because it's it's very rooted in the it's real. It's
0: horrifying.
6: It is. I mean, It but... Follows
0: is rooted in the real.
6: Uh, no, well, see that has very strong supernatural elements.
0: Mm-hmm. The Babadook.
6: Similarly, I know. It, By the way, it, that, folks, because
0: nobody asked, that's my favourite scary movie.
6: Right <laughs> it now. was very close for me between It Follows and The Babadook. Um, but
0: also American world film. But Yeah, I
6: um I mean, the the nineties, I would say, for me, in terms of film horror. Um, I was somewhat saturated with incredibly shitty Stephen King churnouts.
5: Yeah. Oh god, um, yes.
6: and and my God, my God, they were bad. I mean throughout the the um, uh, the 90s I was very into horror uh, I was gonna say literature, but I don't think they're quite class as literature. I read a lot of Stephen King, a lot of Dean R. Koontz, a lot of Clive Barker. Ew,
2: Dean um,
6: I know. <laughs> um so but i was um i was I never quite got us into james herbert for some strange reason i, I... Touched on a couple of his, but never really got consumed by it. Um, but So that was kind of where my mindset was. So whenever I watched um, a, a film version of that, I was, I was much more forgiving than I think I maybe ought to have been. And what I was finding, as, as I've gone back to them and watched them over the years, is I'm watching them and going, dear God, did I like this? This was terrible. Yeah. Um, and we've, we've always been quite firm about um, looking at... Uh, classic movies or something that achieves something that wasn't done before, give them props for what they did at their time, however they don't get a pass if they're not really that good anymore and I have to be honest with you for me screen falls into that category I can see what it did at the time Mm -hmm. I can see how important it was for the genre and how it was doing things that really hadn't been done beforehand Mm -hmm. and that's great but as a film it doesn't really wash for me
0: um, one of the uh, better films that followed Scream, actually, that, that was actually a slightly better one. Well, there's Halloween Age 20. Oh, you don't know that one. <laughs> Dude, it's oh, this is, this is, the, is the, the crap stu- out of right, Halloween right. Resurrection. Right. Come
5: on. Yes, but this is also the film Tickle that established... Trick or treat, estab- motherfucker. <laughs> right, this, this is the film that established Michael Myers' one weakness. Rappers! <laughs> what?! <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't kill LL Cool J.
0: And then gets taken out by oh Christ, who is it in there? Buster Rhymes. Buster Rhymes. He gets taken. Buster fricking Rhymes. (laughs) Well, you don't bring in Buster Rhymes and then kill him. Yes, yes, you do. Okay, well, let's face it. On the level of acting, I'll take LL Cool J. When Mike Myers, sorry, when (laughs) Michael Myers reappears, I'm hoping Kanye gets cast. You know, this would be a, a, a death match to rival Freddy versus Jason.
5: No, 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 Michael Myers would actually look at him and
0: go, dude, you're an asshole, and walk off. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, you know, if you're going to be like that, I'm off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and another one which I, I really like, I mean, we might eventually do, uh, although it didn't stand up to more, more recent viewing, was The Faculty, also written by Kevin Williamson. I, very much I in the screen haven't format. seen
5: that recently, but I did enjoy that at the time.
0: Both of these have Josh Hartnett, as it happens. But I did have a major problem with what they did to the goth chick in that but Stokely anyway so like let's get back to Scream itself when you see it for the first time and Casey Becker is horribly killed in front of you the uh, this was intended to make people feel oh my god if Drew Barrymore can die anybody can die now originally Barrymore was going to be playing anybody
2: yeah,
3: well,
0: Sydney. oh yeah um, but uh, she had a, com- a conflict and uh, had to go and do something else. But she played Casey Becker so that she'd be able to reduce the amount of time but uh, that she was on set, but at the same time lend her cachet to the film. Smart Lady and uh, also pro- went on to co-produce. I think she produced Donnie Darko. Uh,
6: yes, she yeah. did,
0: yeah. Uh, There's a psych horror, sci-fi, brilliant film. Um, but watching it again... There's a sort of like it lays down the pattern for the screen killer, mm. but like we have now seen that pattern play itself out so many times. I just felt really sorry for Casey, yeah. And so just watching, it, especially, I mean, it, things might have changed with with me for horror. I mean, I've never really liked horror that much, but now you know when her, her parents get the phone, oh my god, Casey! I just felt really terrible for the parents having to listen to their daughter die. I was like, oh no. Mm. Yeah, it's very grim. And what's really funny
5: Mm. is everyone goes on about that. Oh, it's a revolutionary opening. Do you know what that opening is? Uh, It's a Bond opening. Yeah, kind of, yeah. It's that same principle of we set up some action before the film, you know, starts. And we're establishing that something's going on with this. But at the time it was different. But it's because obviously, again, it's like, oh, this major star, she was front and center for all the posters. We killed her off. There was a film in 1960 that did that as well. Killed off a major star about halfway through the film. Hang on, which one did? Sorry? There was a film in the 60s that killed off a major star halfway through the film. Executive Decision. From the 60s? (laughs) The well-known
0: 60s film. No, I don't don't know. Alfred
5: Hitchcock involved a shower.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah, that was it. Janet Leigh's Psycho. Yeah, nice. They even uh, name-check it in this film. Um. (laughs) Okay, so it's... It's not revolutionary in terms of what it does, but it's a strong opening for at least laying down what this killer is. But then when you've seen it a whole bunch of times, you know what this killer is. It's just mm. kind of unpleasant to watch. So that, like they're, to that end, Scream kind of lost points for me. Um, and also, you know, I was just thinking, like, go put some shoes on. Get yourself two weapons, a sharp one and a blunt one, and uh, don't let this fucker control you. But... You know it's one thing to say that to the person you know you're going to die. It's 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 this is really something you can only really watch once and feel yes. that way once. Afterwards, you're just kind of watching it play out, and that is unfortunately a problem with horror. That horror suffers from this even more than uh uh comedy, like because you know to, to make a comedy that people want to watch again and again is art. Um, but to make a horror people want to watch over and over again, that's something truly special because they've got to feel something more than what they felt in that first scene. Uh, Janine Ruffalo signed up to play Gail Weathers, but it eventually went to Courtney Cox. She was trying to deliberately go against her cuddly friend's persona to be Gail. Uh, by three, it felt like she had like brought Monica to the screen, like the, the way that yeah. Monica became more and more uptight as the series went along. So yep. but uh, but in this first one I, I kinda like Gail's character. She's very selfish and shallow, but I it's I, I kinda like the, the the way that you know she kind of like finishes the uh, the movie off. Hey they
4: asked you if you like to hunt? Yeah they did. They asked you. Hunting. Why would they ask you if you like to hunt? Because their bodies were gutted. Thank you, Randy. They didn't ask me if I liked to hunt. It's cause there's no way a girl could have killed them that is so sexist the killer
1: could easily be female basic instinct
3: that was an ice pick not exactly the same thing yeah casey and steve were completely hollowed out and the fact is it takes a man to do something like that
1: for a man's mentality how do you gut someone
3: you take a knife and you slit them from the groin to sternum hey it's called tact you fucker rag.
1: Hey, Stu, didn't you used to date Casey? Yeah, for like
3: two seconds, before she dumped him for Steve.
1: I thought you dumped her for me.
3: I did. He's full of shit. And are the police aware that you dated the victim? Hey, what are you saying? That, that I killed her? It would certainly improve your high school kill.
1: Stu was with me
3: last night, okay? Yeah, it was was that before or after he sliced and diced
1: fucking that case where were you last night
3: working thank you oh at the video store i thought they fired your sorry ass twice i didn't kill anybody nobody said you did thanks buddy besides it takes a man to do something like that (laughs) yo i'm gonna gut your ass in a second kid tell me something did you really put her liver in the mailbox? Because I heard that they found her liver in the mailbox next to her spleen and her pancreas. What are you doing fucking
1: trying to eat here? I'm right?
4: Just getting mad, right? You better live her alone. <laughs> liver alone. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Ow, liver, liver, liver. It was a joke. Oh, one unsung hero or villain of uh, Scream: Roger L. Jackson. Anybody? is he the voice he is the voice of the killer no one ever knows his name like people might know robert england but no one ever knows roger l jackson and ultimately um this is something we we noticed while we were watching the four films together Ghostface is always the same killer you ever notice that mm. which is very strange considering he's f- at least five people at least yeah
6: all with different body types and heights i might add yeah Yes.
0: Uh, but, but Ghostface has powers, and this is something that we were going to mention uh, uh, later, but it's kind of worth mentioning now, just in terms of like establishing this guy as a, a killer. Um, he has the power to be male, no matter what. Which is, Which is true. interesting. There's, there's nothing gender ambiguous about Ghostface. It's always a male. It's always a mm. sadistic male. It's always a very physically imposing male. Uh, a male who can basically take getting hit in the face and thrown over on, onto his back always comes back from it um can never be stabbed or wounded until the uh mask is off yeah um can be knocked out briefly for a tension scene only for a tension scene but and here's the thing ghostface has the ability to know what's going on everywhere Ghostface has fucking Batman powers. Oh, he plans for everything. You know the the way that like like Batman super fans defend Batman to the hilt, and like he can you,
5: be. You be mean literally. a poorly written Batman just can? Yeah,
0: yeah, I know. Like the, the contrivances that Ghostface pretty much predicts everything that will happen with every variable taken in hand. It doesn't work. There are it so really few doesn't... moments of what appear to be improvisation on Ghostface's part. Yeah, and you can't even. Okay, spoiler. I don't know why you're listening to this. You yeah, okay, right. Well, uh, we're going to spoil all four Scream movies, so if you've not seen all of them, frankly, if you've, if you've seen the original Scream, you've seen the one that seen matters. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, yeah. It doesn't really matter if, if, if we spoil the other four.
5: You can't even use that argument by saying there's two killers. Yeah. It just still doesn't work because they don't think, well, they think alike, but they don't think the same. They can't be everywhere at once you're right yeah you get around the whole oh he teleported
0: powers by saying oh there's two of them so yeah but i I mean in scream three there's really only one and he has the power to be everywhere and um like when i think the worst case of this is in scream two when sydney has to crawl over him to get out the cop car Mm -hmm. and it's like the like they run 10 yards up the street and then sydney turns back around and he's gone right Here's the thing about somebody who's fucking eight feet tall, covered in black. Your peripheral vision will pick up their movement. It doesn't matter where you look, you can tell when there is a black shadow moving. This fucker has the ability to move like a ninja, absolutely silently, with incredible speed, to be in exactly the right place at all times. After a car accident? Yeah, and when you're watching the Scream films all back-to-back, back, and obviously that's not the way you're meant to do see them, and obviously that was not in, or intended authorially, it was just that they did this one, and then they did the two, and then the three, and then the four, it gets a little wearing. Of like, would you... Like, at that point, when Sydney had crawled out, the the cop's gun is right there. Shoot him in the head, Sydney. There isn't a court in the land that would convict. But she doesn't she sort of like thinks about unmasking him, but then doesn't because like a cop, a, a horn goes off. Uh, you know, there's so many contrived things that happen to prevent the killer being unmasked earlier that wouldn't it have been great. Like halfway through screen three, the killer is unmasked. Something Nothing unusual. Great. <laughs> I mean, obviously that, like, just, but, uh, but the, there's so like by the fourth one, it was like, you know what? You, you could do anything at this point. And that's kind of one of the biggest depressing, depressing aspects of four is that they do nothing with it.
5: Yeah, I like the fact that Jane Harlan Pob took a great and perfect poke at that film in there for in Strikes Back, where it was a monkey. Nice.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So, but like going back to the original screen.
1: Tatum, just get in the car. Oh, uh, hi, who is this? You tell me. Well, I, I have no idea.
4: Scary night, isn't it? With the murders and all, it's like right out of a horror movie
0: or something.
1: <laughs> Randy, you gave yourself away. Are you calling from work because Tatum's my way over? Do you like scary movies, Sydney? I like that thing you're doing with your voice, Randy. It's sexy. What's your <laughs> favorite scary movie? Oh, come on, you know I don't watch that shit. Why not? Too scared? No, no, it's just, what's the point? They're all the same. Some stupid killer stalking some big-breasted girl who can't act who's always running up the stairs when she should be going out the front door. It's insulting.
4: Are you alone
1: in the house? Randy, that's so unoriginal. I'm disappointed in you.
2: Maybe that's because...
1: So who are you?
3: The question isn't, who am I? The question is,
1: where am I? S- so where are you, <gasps> Your front porch. Why would you be calling from my front porch? That's the original part. Oh, yeah? Well, I call your bluff. So where are you? Right here. What am I doing? Huh? Huh? What am I doing? Hello? (laughs) Nice try, Randy. Tell
4: Tatum to hurry up, okay? Bye now. If you hang up on me, you'll die just like your mother. (laughs) Do you wanna die, Sydney? Your mother
1: sure didn't. Fuck you, you creep.
0: Back in 97, this was fresh and it felt like uh, a spin on the slasher genre because they were talking about slasher films. I mean, basically, you can sort of narrow it down to the Friday the 13th films and the Halloween films as the perfect archetype for these. Um, where, uh, you know, somebody will go Aah! and like um, run up the stairs where they should be going out the front door. I think mean, Sydney even says those exact words. Um, or, or you know, go and hide in a cupboard when they should be escaping or take on the killer for a brief moment they never mention this take on the killer for a brief moment but then never just get them down and just kill the fucker uh, obviously it takes an incredible amount for a person to be able to do that but you'd think by the fourth one at least Sidney would have that in her by that stage like no that- more of this halfway through the film dead the rest of the film is about the aftermath i will mention it when we get
5: to 3 that there's something that was touted as the 3 that they should have done which they chickened out of what a,
0: what was that you might as well tell me now sydney was meant to be the killer oh i did not know that how i oh, so yeah. she was deranged because of her she, mother, basically mother, i think it's ghost.
5: just the, i think it's just the whole point of by the time it, all this crap happened and there's people basically making money off the, this misery mm-hmm. in her life, she snaps.
0: Yeah.
6: Which, actually, you know what? That's a good idea.
0: That is better than the actual ending of Scream 3.
6: <laughs> that It'd might be depressing. have been... That might have been part of um, the, the big plan to conceal the real end of the film. Yeah. Apparently, there were three different endings in mind, um, and he hadn't decided yet which one he wanted to go with, so he kind of had all three um put together
0: so let's go back to the actual casting here because we're going all over the place on these let's focus just on the original screen first get them done because that establishes most of the main characters anyway Um, drew barrymore as casey uh, just your average girl does you don't want her to get killed which is good i mean basically there's a certain type of horror movie where they present you with odious teenagers you want to get killed and
5: Anything made since about 2000.
0: Yeah, yeah. they, they, they seem to sort of miss the point of Screaming in that they, they were sort of presenting you with teenagers you don't want to see get killed. Not like incredibly fantastic teenagers, but people really lost their shit in Scream 2 when Randy got killed.
5: Yes, because yeah. <laughs> he was so likable. The character was. Jamie
0: Kennedy isn't,
5: but yeah. <laughs> he needs a slap. But Randy. But yeah. the, the character of Randy is, uh, for a lot of people who were seeing those films, myself included, Randy was me. Mm. he's the guy that watched the horror films he knew the rules he, he knew, you yeah. know he knew all this so to see him get axed off was horrible although seeing screen three he did get a cheer when he 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 with res- best you know, bit of the right? film he is the best bit of the film <laughs> yeah. actually when he turns up on a convenient video cassette
0: uh, but yeah he's the one who breaks the fourth wall the most he's the meta commentary on it and basically like, he's the voice of the the savvy horror viewer who's seen everything so um but yeah, he, he he was the one speaking directly to the audience in their own language, which is great. So he was a, an inspired character to add in there. Um, the fact that he was working in a video store around about the time I started working in a video store certainly didn't hurt.
6: <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do find him not him himself, but his presence is a little bit frustrating though. Because as you said, there's a lot of instances where um, the the savvy thing to do. Doesn't get done, and it's frustrating when you can see there are characters around who would know You that. know perfectly well in real life they do exactly that.
0: Yeah. Example.
6: Uh, well, I mean, what you were saying about uh, when Sydney climbs over him in the car.
0: Yeah. Don't run Isn't away he- and turn around and oh he's gone like a ninja and then well, she he- runs back three steps and he somehow has circled the fucking block. <laughs>
6: Even the fact that, that at that particular juncture, the logical thing to do would be to take the mask off. Yeah. Because that way, whatever happens next, even if he wakes up and grabs your ankle, you now know who he is. Yeah. And therefore, you stand more chance of being able to get authority help in.
0: Oh, well, what was the idea. Now you've seen my face, I have to kill you. Oh, so the, the plan has changed then, clearly. Um Oh, speaking of the mask, by the way, the ghost face design, this is a bit of serendipity. When they, they were location scouting, uh, they went uh, to the house that was used in the film Shadow of a Doubt, and somebody had hung a mask in the house, just stuck it on a post. And uh, Wes kind of liked the look of it, but it was uh, owned a property of Fun World And uh, so he talked to the studio about getting one made that was close enough to that, but wouldn't be liable for lawsuits. Uh, And they they tried, and they they were doing ones with teeth and, uh, you know, really over-the-top ones and gaudy ones. And he was like, no, I really like this one. And um, they sort of made a sort of version of that one. And eventually, they got the legal rights to be able to use the Fun World one, but not until they'd already shot like two scenes with their mock version, which they basically very carefully kind of hide away. But uh, it's uh, it's a slightly different mask for two of the scenes.
5: Not my favourite mask story. That still goes to Halloween.
0: Yeah, the in, well, we're never rec- we're never covering uh, Halloween, so you may as well tell that story.
5: The fact that the, the original mask is basically a William Shatner Captain Kirk mask painted white. Uh, Yeah, is is it inside out as well? I think it's inside out as well. But yeah, it's basically a Captain Kirk. I just love that. I just, I don't know why. I just, that just just tickles me. That is one of the reasons why I uh, have a lot of respect for horror film Mm. makers because innovators, they they think on their feet. They know how to do, yes, we don't have a big budget, so they find ways of making things work Mm. in a really good way. And then something like that. Well, if we turn this mask inside out, paint it white. Oh, there we go. Boom. And all of a sudden, we've got now an iconic mask.
4: Here comes. What? Wow. Oh, yeah. The blood is all wrong. And why do they do that? It's too red.
3: Wait. Here comes another. Here. Here. Ooh, yes! That's yes. yes. Predictable. I knew he was gonna bite it. How can you watch this shit over and over? Shh. Breasts. I want to see Jamie Lee's breasts. When do we yes. see Jamie yes. Lee's breasts? Breast? Not until Trading Places in 83. Jamie Lee was always the virgin in horror movies. She never showed her tits until she went legits.
1: Could afford a decent pair. <laughs>
3: What'd you say? That's why she always outsmarted the killer in the big chase scene at the end. Only virgins can do that. Don't you know the rules? What rules? You don't... Jesus Christ, you don't know the rules? Uh, have an aneurysm, why don't you? There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. For instance, number one. You can never have sex.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no! Big no-no! Big no-no! Ooh, dead
3: sex know. equals yes. death, okay? Number two. You can never drink or do drugs.
2: <laughs> no. no.
3: The sin factor. It's a sin. It's an extension of number one. And number three, never, ever, ever, under any circumstances, say, I'll be right back, because you won't be back. I'm getting another beer. You want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back. You see, you push the laws, and you end up dead.
0: Nev Campbell is Sydney. Um... She was crafted to be a lovable character, someone that you actually cared about, and um, I think I remember recalling her being quite annoying when I first saw her. But then I, I gradually grew to like her, and the, the fact that she sort of stood up for herself and ends up taking control at the end—you know—I end um, you know, I ended up cheering for Sydney. So yeah, she's. I also thought that in year, you know, years to come, that when I watched the film, I'd, I'd, I'd again dislike Sydney, but actually kind of empathise with her. She seems like one of the most human people in these films.
5: She is meant to be the most relatable character. Yeah. That's it. You are meant to like it because you're meant to cheer for her because she's the one at the end of the day that is being literally tormented by
0: these people constantly. <laughs> she never snapped, I do not know. Yeah. I mean, one yeah. of the things that actually has um, kind of changed uh, this the horror genre around is Cabin in the Woods which is, uh, we're not going to spoil mm-hmm. that, but uh, it, 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 get, it makes this seem tame in terms of how meta it is. And it kind of blows the tropes out the window so that you really can't just do straight horror anymore. Uh, I, I love that film. Yeah. I love that film. Yeah. Uh, I, I like it less than I like scream the first one, but I like it more than any of the scream sequels. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, the, I, I, I love meta commentary. Another thing that's really super meta and I don't know if you've watched this, I would imagine you haven't cause you'd have thanked me uh, is uh, community. <laughs> There's, oh, you don't let that go.: are you? There's a whole Halloween episode where Arbed, who's the, um, like the, the, the super-nerd, um, like myself, suggests that you know, in their in a horror movie situation where they have to stand back- to back in the middle of the room holding knives and not speak. And uh, when he turns on the radio, there would normally be a, uh, a broadcast about an escaped killer. There's actually, because that would be too um, contrived, they have to wait through a good half hour or so of just regular broadcasting before that particular piece of information is is put out there. Um, Community, again, busts these tropes wide open. And uh, which, again, because it does that so strongly and with more than just horror, makes going back to Scream, especially when it happens to ha- feature Allison Brie in Scream 4... It's it's less groundbreaking, but of course, like the ground's already broken. That's the thing. It only really has to do it once. It doesn't necessarily have to impress that in that same way again. It's done its work, so it's kind of already earned its place. Which is it's weird because this is a um, an extremely accomplished. I mean, top level, top tier horror film, and we're, you know we're, we're we're ragging on it, but ultimately it's it, it achieved more than what it's set up to do, far more
5: it it set the standard unfortunately it was like i said it became johnny template yeah almost at well not almost it set a template for quite a lot but at least they still had likable characters thank god for that you know it was nice to go back to a film and like the characters
0: yeah. to not jesus christ i missed that to not want any of them to die um so yeah like i said with, uh, with courtney cox's gail uh she's an excellent cause of tension with Sydney was Sydney's sad past and relation to her mother. That's it. So there's like, it feels like there has been a horror movie that has occurred before this, but it's mm. uh, it's more of a sad, um, uh, outcome. So the, I mean, they're all sad. That's another thing. Um, like scream two ends on a sort of, I think I love you. So what am I so afraid of fucking Derek's dead? You know, <laughs> loads of people died. There's a, like, there's a really tough balance between fun and mm. sad, and ultimately, by the time you're sort of getting into the, like, the third film, so many people have died, and Sydney really is at the centre of it. So it's, you know, they could have, I suppose, played with that a lot more, especially with the, the, the possible ending of Scream 3 that you've mooted earlier, Sharon. The, it, it actually stands to reason that she'd snap.
6: Mm, yeah,
0: absolutely. You see, uh, the trouble with Scream Two
5: and Scream Four have really good ideas, where the execution is just
0: doesn't work. Mm, mm. And Scream Three has no good ideas. It's Aaron
5: <laughs> Fucking Krueger. It is just, just
0: yeah. <laughs> um, David Arquette as Dewey, another character you, you, you like, even though he's a, he's a, a doofus. Um, and uh, his sister Rose McGowan as Tatum. All you know. The only character I think I straight out didn't like the whole way through and then really didn't like at the end was uh, Stu. Uh, and I th- think <laughs> I, uh, I went through like a sort of uh, finding Matthew Lillard vaguely funny uh, phase and then he really wore thin. I think the phase lasted about three minutes in the middle of screen.
5: <laughs> yeah, Matthew Lillard. I'm trying to think if there's a film I still like him in. I haven't watched it in a while. I'd have to watch it again kind of liked him in Hackers but
0: yeah I think we're out of it there yeah um, but yeah yeah he, he is funny for the uh, him with a phone dick the end uh, sequence uh, did you really call the police you bet your fucking ass I did <laughs> <laughs> he's got great comic delivery he's just really annoying I suppose kind of like um, Jim Carrey <laughs> <laughs> Ah, one of Jim Carrey's disciples turns up in Scream 3. Anyway, um, so yeah, David Arquette is Dewey, uh, a character you don't want to see get killed. They they keep, like, overemphasizing that it could be Dewey, which on repeat viewings is actually quite annoying. Like, Dewey turns up and he goes, boom! I never thought it was Dewey. I I I don't think anyone thought
5: it was Dewey, to the point that that's why it got parodied in Scary Movie.
0: Yeah. But... uh, I, won't I will admit, before you mention the scary movie, movies. that's the only one I'm mentioning. Mm. Just because, you know, that Why well, make a parody of a comedy. It wasn't a
5: parody. Why it make it? It was a... just a collection of. Oh, I hate those films. Yeah, me too. Um, by the
0: Actually, way, Scary we, Movie was going to be the original title for Scream. I know. They changed mm. it because they, they thought that it didn't sound fun enough.
5: That's true. Scream is a better title.
0: Mm.
5: Also, uh, this goes throughout the trilogy. What really gets annoying is.
0: Dewey's unkillability, unkillability. Dude can do it, stabbed over and over again. He's like kick-ass.
5: <laughs> also, I love the fact he got stabbed, got a limp, got stabbed again, lost a limp. The-
0: yeah, I mentioned that <laughs> when we were watching screen three. He, he seems to better. have got better. Restabbing <laughs> re-stabbing must have reconnected. Them. Mm. Um, Rose, yeah. Rose McGowan as Tatum, I think she's being positioned as uh, in the uh, horror movie Tropes laid down by Carrot in the Woods, the whore, which is kind of unfair but at the same time, when she dies, I was like, that's, again, a really unpleasant scene. Uh, she
5: dies the stupid... She is in the best place ever to be cornered by a killer. The garage. There's so many you sharp things in this there. Sharp blo- I bet there's spades, forks, hammers. Yeah. God, You know, there's tool benches. But why the cat flap? The, or the dog flap? I'm not sure what right. it was. Some sort of animal flap. Mm. Why? Also, yes. no fucking way in hell does that garage door...
0: Lift Tatum. Tatum. Yeah, no, I said that when we watched it, I was like, "Yeah, I, she's got to weigh at least one hundred and twenty pounds. Come on." And um, the yeah, there's, it's like the garage door can just about lift itself. Yeah, I mean, for a start, it probably wouldn't do that, just in case of causing injury. But you know, whatever. That's it's not the most absurd thing in these movies, but uh, it to is. To be fair, the first one to
5: say to stay relatively grounded it is
0: later that it gets carried away especially three Henry Winkler turns up as uh, Principal Himbury. He actually has a little speech that he aggressively shouts at those uh, kids who are running around the uh, hallways and scream masks, screaming uh, that uh, he, you know, that fair would be to gut them and suspend them from the flagpole just so that everyone could see what a bunch of heartless, desensitised little
5: shits they are.
0: Which is how I feel when I read Twitter after a terrible accident or, or a terrible oh, incident, and oh, yeah. some uh, yeah, when someone says something very, very insensitive. And they're trolling. That's exactly the speech I think of, Principal Henry. And it's like. Also,
5: did you catch the quick cameo after that?
0: Yep, Fred the janitor, played by Wes Graven. Wes Graven. In, in full Freddy regalia, like to the point where. Hang on a second. Um, she actually, like Tatum even says, you know, you're making it sound like some Wes Carpenter film. Now, in the Scream universe, does yeah, no, Freddy Krueger does exist. Because um, Drew Barrymore mentions him at the beginning. Name the killer in Nightmare on Elm Street. Which means that Tatum either got his name wrong or Wes Craven, well, a man named Wes Carpenter directed uh, uh, It isn't nod to Street. the pair of them because yeah. they are friends. But here, either way, it? if you were a janitor, would you dress yeah. like Freddy Krueger, especially if your name was Fred. I'd like to draw you an episode, there's an episode of Bones, oh, yeah. where Brennan goes back to high school
5: and sees her one friend, which was the janitor, and isn't that... played by Robert Engel.
0: Oh my god.
5: And he's really good at that.
0: So yeah, basically that's, that's every janitor ever, it would appear then. Sorry, janitors. Um, so yeah, there is the issue of Skeet Ulrich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is, an issue, is I it? remember really when I was 18 when I saw it scream that first time I thought that guy is so cool. He's like intense and like he's doing like a Christopher Walken thing. Uh, Detective, I didn't kill anybody. And um he's got this kind of like Johnny Depp-ish feel to him, which mm-hmm. of course this was back when in the time when Johnny Depp was great and not tiring. Um and you yeah, know, it's really sad when, you know, Matthew Littleard has had a better career
5: than you. Yeah,
0: and watching it this time I just thought, wow, Skeet Ulrich. And the character of Billy. You fuck. <laughs> I'm not sure which I was aiming that one at.
5: Both probably, because let's be fair, from the outset you just go, he did it.
0: Yeah, I mean like it's it's neat. The the whole it's the boyfriend, it's the boyfriend, it's the boyfriend. If they watch prom night, they'd know who did it. And um it's always the boyfriend and then like every time he turns up he goes boo so when he turns up and uh, and grabs Randy in the video store especially when like he and Stu are sort of like really super intimidating him it was like well you're showing your hand really early guys I can't believe I didn't catch that but at the time I think I was like yeah it's probably Billy uh yeah it's Billy it's Billy it's Billy, Billy. then Billy gets killed and I can't believe we all fell for that did anyone not fall for that hands up folks if you thought I, I fell for it sure. corn syrup no, I, I, didn't. I, I I fell for it. Uh, that's an open invitation to any of you folks listening at home. If if you saw through his ruse, first time you ever saw this, and it had to be in 97 before you got savvy. Sorry, 96, 97.
5: I was savvy. I fell for it. Yeah. I know a lot of friends that are savvy. They fell for it because it is, it's cloak, cloak and dagger, smoke and mirrors, but yeah, it, yeah,
0: you fall for it. It's it's a fun moment because, well, it's a semi-powerful moment because you're like, oh, I, I, I misjudged you Billy I'm so sorry and then like oh Billy's dying horrible, horrible. <laughs> oh Billy's dying horribly and, and now I feel really terrible for, for misjudging him and then he comes back at the end and I was like I knew it which is great because it rewards you for suspecting mm. him and it makes you kick yourself for trusting him
5: twice I think the whole,
0: yeah the whole point is
5: I think again because there's two killers you, you never think there's two killers because most of the time mm. in these horror films
4: there's never two killers yeah. corn syrup. Same stuff they use for pig's blood and carry.
2: Help me, please.
3: Surprise, Sydney. No. Ooh. Oh, now, whoa. What's the matter, Sydney? You look like you've seen a ghost.
4: <laughs> Why are you doing this? It's all part of the game,
5: Sydney. It's
1: called Guess How I'm Gonna Die! Fuck you!
4: No, 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 no. We already played that game, remember? You lost. It's a fun game, Sydney. See, we ask you a question and if you get it wrong, poop You die. When you get it right, you die.
1: You're crazy, both of you.
4: You're actually, you're the term psychotic. We'll
1: never get away with this.
4: Oh well, no, tell that to Cotton Weary. You wouldn't believe how easy he was to frame. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. He was fun. No! Oh, where are you going? Why? Why did you kill my mother? Why? Why? When you hear that, too, I think she wants a motive. <laughs> hmm. I don't really believe in motive, Sid. I mean, did Norman Bates have a motive? No. Did they ever really decide why Hannibal Lecter liked to eat people? Don't think so. You see, it's a lot scarier when there's no motive, Sid. We you did your mom a favor, Sid. That woman was a slutbag whore. who flashed her shit all over town like she was Sharon Stone or something.
5: Yeah, we put her out of her misery. Because let's face it, Sidney, your mother was no Sharon Stone.
4: Hmm? Huh? that motive enough
0: for you yeah that that whole end sequence where they sort of go back and forth on you know their their motives and obviously Billy has his own like he's like it's such an eccentric performance I should applaud it but it's like it's so like full of ticks and um, like like he's way over the top yeah but I suppose like it's it's it's, it's one of those how did he hide that how crazy he actually is
5: yeah because no one that crazy could Surely, hide that.
0: Yeah, I mean, you get your big ones, Gacy and Bundy, but then you find out that they they were kind of like very creepy when you met them. Anyway, no one ever went. Oh, he was fine. He was a lovely chap. Um, and like he's got these like creepy, staring eyes the whole time. But um, but yeah, no. So the studio wanted uh, the killer to have no motive. And um, West Craven wanted the killer to have a motive. And so, in the end, they uh, made it so that uh, they had both. They had their it's cake a- and ate it. So, Stu has no motive, and uh, Billy most definitely has a motive.
5: The trouble there is, I can understand thinking no motive is scary, mm. but no motive doesn't work. Every killing, there's a motive, there is some sort of driving force. Yep. It may make no sense to the rational human being, yep. but there's usually a motive.
0: Sharon, you were talking about this yourself, actually. Yeah, no,
6: that's that's exactly how I felt. I mean, see, the the thing for me is that um, Billy and Stu are the weak link. That They are the reason the the end is why I I couldn't get behind this as a horror movie, because it, it doesn't scare me. Because motiveless, genuinely motiveless people don't scare me because they're not real. And they can't possibly hurt you if they're not real.
0: Oh, hang on. Williamson wanted uh, the audience to learn why the antagonists had become killers, but he also felt it potentially scary if they had no motivation. Opinions at the studio were split between those who believed the motive was needed for resolution and those who felt the action was scarier without one. As there were two killers, Williamson decided to do both. Billy Loomis had a motive, blah, blah, blah. blah. Um, I don't think no motive is scarier, necessarily. It's just, yeah. I think, I honestly think, to some people, it is, but people are divided. So really, have, uh, you know, uh, but having your cake and eating it, you're, you're going to piss off both parties because ultimately the people who, who say, oh, uh, no motive is scarier are going to go, well, Loom- Loomis, is, Loomis had a motive and that somewhat sours it and vice versa.
6: See, this is but this is the thing. Neil's absolutely right. There is always a motive. People have a motive for getting out of bed in the morning. They have a motive for deciding to put food into their mouth every day. Everybody has a motive for something. And if you can't see a motive, and therefore that scares you, you're just not looking hard enough. Uh.
0: so yeah anyway the the whole finale sequence where they you know they're, they're gonna, talking about how they're gonna survive this one they, they slice each other to bits and they, they're gonna they frame sydney's poor dad who uh is another uh, neatly uh, positioned suspect who we only see for a little bit and uh the the bigger way of doing it would be that to cast someone famous in the role of sydney's dad if that If it had been, for example, Lance Henriksen. I was just about to say Lance Henriksen. Creepy (laughs) eyes, and he's only there for a bit. He says hello, and then he disappears. You're like, well, that's, you know, that's obviously he's going to turn up. But he's played by nobody in particular. So that kind of, we never really buy that it's uh, the dad. You don't, they don't do
5: enough to establish him as a character. No. He's mm. literally at the start of the film and doesn't come back in until the end of the film. Yeah. Also, seriously, there's murders going on of teenagers in your town. Fuck business. I'm staying at home to make sure my child is OK.
0: Yeah. Parents in this and Nightmare on Elm Street, very much absent. The trouble
5: is, if, if you go down that route, the film just doesn't work. Yeah. Because this is also America. There's going to be some gun-toting parents. There are,
0: Yes, yeah.
6: was, it, was it by four we were saying, this is bollocks, everybody would be armed. It was actually, now. it was
0: only two. I said, honestly, by this point, we're, we're in an America that, a magic America that doesn't have guns. Only the cops have guns, and they all get killed.
6: If Sydney's dad hadn't bought her a gun by two, yeah. Dewey would have done. It, it ends...
0: In a really satisfying way, the fact that S- Sydney uh, basically uh, uh, turns it around on them, she uses the voice box herself she uh, puts on the uh, clothes of the killer uh, Sharon you're absolutely right the uh, w- the girl who jumps out of the uh, closet seems to be wearing green sneakers isn't the same isn't nev campbell that was the stunt woman
6: nope. so
0: yeah pay close attention <laughs> folks when she jumps out of the closet and stabs poor billy uh, with an umbrella that's the stunt woman and also and I've
6: said it before if you can't do a certain move in heels and therefore you have to wear different shoes don't focus on the feet
0: yeah And uh, but frankly, they didn't want her to stumble because uh, uh, Skeet Ulrich was wearing like a vest to prevent uh, her actually stabbing him somewhere very vital, and he'd just had a uh, a heart surgery uh, uh, operation performed, so he was very tender in an area at his shoulder, and um, didn't matter. She She immediately hit him in it and stabbed him in the fucking shoulder directly in his operation wound. So when uh, Skeet Ulrich goes. that's genuine it's totally real <laughs> just like in two towers yep two towers yeah so it's it's pain use it literally so to that end skeet Ulrich I do at least doff my cap to you for that and you know he performed his tasks for me at age 17 just because I think he's a total creep now doesn't mean that uh you know I wasn't thoroughly entertained by him and his crazed performance at 17 which is when it's important
5: hmm for the time, it works. Looking back, it just doesn't because you do sit there going, "It's him. It's clearly him. <laughs> I can see it's him. The guy over there can see it's him. The guy on the moon can see it's him. It's clearly him." Oh, it's
0: dead. <laughs> Shit. Oh, it wasn't it. That's exactly. It wasn't him. <laughs> that's exactly basically the the experience of watching Scream for everyone for the first time. Um, oh, and but
6: this is this is see the reason that it didn't really get me was because again horror stories i i spent a lot of time reading point horror and in point horror which are kind of uh, teenage horror stories uh, it it is always the boyfriend and there is always some kind of misdirection halfway through to make you think it's somebody other than the boyfriend mm. and occasionally there had been like faked deaths or disappearances or something so it's like just because well, the he's boyfriend's stabbed... disappeared
0: he can't be the killer Brilliant. Well, exactly and
6: so, so it's like mm, he's been stabbed that doesn't necessarily rule him out though yeah
0: but I mean, they, they kind of they they fool you three times because they they stab you believe he's the boyfriend. Then he gets slashed up. Then he turns up. You're like, oh my god, he's alive! Oh my god, it's him! <laughs> we all go a little mad sometimes. Uh, it's 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 a great fun film, and uh, you know it, it ends up uh, after Gail's been kicked around. She comes back, shoots Billy at just the right time, and then there's that where well, wait, wait, because somehow Randy comes back from the dead um briefly
4: careful
3: this is the moment when the supposedly dead killer comes back to life for one last scare ah! Ah!
4: my movie and then that's
0: it <laughs> it ends on a joke yeah it ends on a you know so you're laughing to relieve the tension it's extremely well um uh crafted the ending so yeah uh, you know in summation um it's a fun ride it is a fun ride that uh, it's it's now unpleasant to watch for me and it's probably going to be a lot less meta for the average viewer uh, but, uh, you know, and, and, you know, viewed in a vacuum, it's still better than most horror movies. This it's first. better than quite a lot that's put out on a regular basis. Yeah. Uh, not having seen the two that you guys have
5: mentioned, yeah. I can't speak for them. I know I've heard good things about them. But I'm talking about your generic schlock that they bang out. You you know, the. Oh, crap. that the, the. Oh, I forgot what it's called. The one with the handheld cam and the demon and paranormal activity. That doesn't narrow it down paranormal activity Along with a
0: handheld cam
5: a house at the end of the street the freaking remakes
0: the americanized remake of quarantine um uh, <sighs> well, sorry of wreck that, that's Rec. called quarantine, quarantine. frankly wreck 2 i hate but i really yeah like they Mac blew 1. they blew it with wreck 2 unfortunately wrecked wreck <laughs> um, <laughs> 2 sorry I don't like seeing Henry Winkler get killed. His death is so overblown and dramatic. It's kind of fun. Uh, but Casey's actual death isn't fun at all. Neither really is Tatum's. And... Um, oh, Kenny the cameraman. It's kind of <laughs> its kind of fun. It's, it's Dan from uh, Deadwood. We, we realized it at the, exactly the same time. Um, who else gets killed? It's got a surprisingly low body count. Especially it's compared to the later ones. Uh,
5: Which is actually...
0: Those films with low body counts are usually better. Yeah, I think frankly, like I could almost take a different cut of this where uh, when the scream killer goes in to kill Casey, it just like da da da, 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 da 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 and then it cuts to and then the next uh it cuts to I think it's Sydney, isn't it? Yeah. Um I, I could do that rather than the actual sadistic slow taking apart of Casey. Mm. Yeah, I mean. D- d- the steve killing is actually relatively restrained you don't really see much and it's it's much more based on terror
6: but the point of that is not what the killer is doing to steve it's what the killer is doing doing to casey
0: Yeah, of course
5: it's actually kind of funny because you the only way i can sum it up is it almost does feel like there's two killers in the film there's the sadistic one which i always take as billy and there's just the the stab dead kind of one which i i would assume is Matthew Lillard's character.
0: Yeah. I, th- I seem to remember calling bullshit uh on, on him though. He's peer pressure, I'm far too sensitive. Um and I was like, Well, yeah, that's a joke, but that really something's fucking broken inside Stu. As, as you say, it's, yeah. He does have a motive, really. Um he he's, you know, been nurturing something foul and ugly for many years, clearly, and then it just he's given an outlet for it and uh the peer pressure is right because he was basically you know cajoled into it by Billy, but I don't think the uh, he took much convincing. Yeah. Anyway, because I mean that's not what I mean. Regular just people don't and can't do that. No, there has to be something wrong
5: inside of you to be able to do the things that they do the, yeah. that any killer does in this film, where it is a human
0: being killer. I think um, a lot of people, if pressed, especially in defence of somebody they care about, could kill, but there's. A big difference between killing somebody and what they do. Yeah,
6: mm. uh, I think what it basically comes down to is is how it's justified. Yeah. Um, and there's there's well, I wanted to um, kill Sydney because of what her mother did to my family. Um, and then there's the leap from that to everything that goes on around Yeah,
0: uh, Casey had nothing to fucking do with it. Why, yeah.
6: Although you did mention, was it that Stu used to go out with her?
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the, the, that whole thing about Stu peer pressure, no, he chose her. He chose her <laughs> yeah, he specifically. Chose
6: her. What, what kind of entitlement then is <laughs> there that if that was the reason why he chose that particular victim and again how does he then leap from that to all the other victims
0: technically what the two of them doing is an act of terrorism because they're trying to strike fear into the entire the heart the collective heart of woodsboro which they do yeah yes also that's... that
5: would technically mean that Stu was the other psychopath
0: mm-hmm. interesting okay Scream Series Part 2. Scream 2, Scream 3, Scream 4. Featuring Neil Taylor of GameBurst. So, yeah, uh, Scream 1, very, very successful. Scream 2 followed a year after in 1997. And uh, it cost, remember, it's 15 million for the first one, so estimates? There's it's going to go up. It always goes up.
6: Yeah, 22?
0: 24. Ooh. And uh, the first one made 173. This one made. I'm going to guess more. I would have guessed more as well, because obviously the first one, here's how it works. First one does really well at the cinema, but then gets discovered on DVD and then just everyone turns up for the yeah. sequel, Austin Powers style. No, it made one million less, 172. Huh. I would imagine the first one had probably quite a few repeat uh, trips to the cinema to see it again, or maybe to take friends. I specifically remember taking friends to go see the faculty after I'd seen it. I was like, you got to see this. Um so yeah the the question throughout this one is can the sequel equal the original over and over again they ask it they ponder it they are aware they're in a sequel and And the answer is no no, not really really. (laughs) and they have (laughs) that conversation don't they in film class where they're like you know Godfather Part 2 I've been in film class that's not what film class is like and they don't have discussions as to you know like that is basic relative to how people have discussions on the internet these days they're like uh oh, empire better than star wars more complex and then randy says something along the lines of no, no no part of a trilogy totally planned no it's a sequel now we're a bit, uh, talking semantics here basically you know Get there's it. no such thing as a trilogy anymore any follow-up is a sequel because the trilogy then bursts open and produces a fourth, and then it gets a reboot
5: mm. or a fifth.
0: <laughs> yeah, if
6: you have or a TV entire, show, if you have an entire story arc that is planned from the word go, for example, your Lord of the Rings, your Harry Potter, that kind of thing, you can't judge them as follow-ups because that's mm. not how it works. You didn't have a complete story that somebody then had to come along and add to. Mm. But most other stuff, if you start with a film, even if you end up with three, even Back to the Future.
0: Yeah. Part two. I mean, the, the fact that part well, two was informed on so heavily by the absence of uh, Crispin Glover, mm. that's a sequel. So, yeah. Except
5: that Back to the Future part two was meant to be part two and three together.
0: Mm. So mm. Mm. Either way, uh, as far as I'm concerned, anything that's an actual follow-up is, is, is a sequel it can be classified I mean they even they class the uh, Harry Potter films as sequels the thing is on Wikipedia that is if you look them up Business of Azkaban is the sequel to Chamber of Secrets uh,
5: taking those out and casting our minds back to 97 the the, the trilogy thing was a thing but it was a business thing you know you had Mm. you wanted the Terminator trilogy the Aliens trilogy which I'm noting most of the ones I just mentioned there didn't stay a trilogy because Alien was
0: was out in 97 so yeah breaking that trilogy I that think was that was really the first one which broached the word quadrilogy on the world. You know, you really could sad. bugger off right now.
6: <laughs> That's, a- That's my friend. as a series. Go away. It's a franchise. <laughs>
5: That's really annoying. My Terminator Blu-ray box set uses that word quadrilogy. Yes. Well, it's not. There's a fifth one. I uh, know, and there'll be more.
0: Yes. Sad fact as well. I alien mean, Resurrection, first alien film I saw at the cinema. Ooh. Um, yeah, me too. I mean, you know, anyone of our generation, they couldn't have seen Alien Three at the cinema. It wouldn't and even also, have been legal. And also, if uh, I wasn't around
5: for the first two, I don't think. Yeah. Um, and also, sad in fact, my only experience of seeing Jason on Freddy on the big screen. Freddy versus Jason? Jason.
0: You don't like it. Well, of <laughs> course you don't like it. We found that out last episode. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, this is really funny because he doesn't know. And I'm going to save it to that episode just to wind him up. I found out about the script leak um, today, which explains so much about Scream 2. The original script, uh, there were four killers. Four? Four. Anyone want to take a guess? One of, okay, well, I'll, 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 I'll sort it out. Mrs. Loomis was always going to be one of the killers. That's a core principle. So mm-hmm. she was always going to be the killer. I'm not sure if it was going to be Laurie Metcalf, but probably. There were three others, and the, none of them are Mickey.
5: None of them, are Mickey. Gail.
0: Uh, Gail, nope. Who? Sydney. <laughs> nope. Oh, what's Jerry O'Connell's character called? Derek. Yes, Derek was one of them. He seemed <laughs> like uh, that. It was. It was Tatum's. I knew he was too perfect. She was right about Billy, and she's right about Derek. Posthumously. Uh, so two more. Cotton. Cotton. Bingo! Creepy motherfucker. That would explain why he's creepy in that. Yes, place. yes, it would. Instead, he ends up being creepy for no particular reason. And uh. the, the fourth one will be here all night. Was Hallie? The really friend. the friend. Now, here's the thing about Hallie, folks. And that actually would have been really cool if she'd been the killer. If. You're a girl in a horror movie. Chances of your death rises very high. If you're the best friend in the movie,
5: oh, just, just.
0: D- you can't get through that horror movie alive. It's it's like ninety nine percent chance of you dying. If you are the best friend and you're a girl and you're black, sorry folks, not my fault. That's the horror movie genre. Disgusting fucking trope. Black female best friend. Also apply this to action movies. Dead woman walking. I am so sorry to say. So, her being the killer would actually have been kind of cool. Yes, it would. Although motivation, eh, they probably would have penciled something in about revenge.
6: See, that, if they'd gone with four killers for two, and by the end of three, basically the entire (laughs) Eight killers. ...having a pop at Sydney one at a time, Uh, and the... The only difference is that everybody has a different reason for doing it.
0: The uh, the end of three was originally going to be that Sydney goes back to Woodsboro and um, all of the people, the teenagers that she meets die. And then when she leaves the house, they all get back up again. And it was ju- a giant scream reenactment. That's just too fucked up for words. <laughs> That's brilliant though. That would completely <laughs> subvert the the True. horror movie trope. So basically, if at the end nobody dies, and like That's basically if if Sydney had shot the screen killer with uh, a, a gun that contained blanks, and that they very carefully timed squibs had gone off, that would just about have uh, uh, succeeded. But then again, we're in we're in game territory by now. Actually, to be fair, it's been done before um, in a horror film. In what? Uh,
5: where it's a horror film where people die, you think people die, and at the end it's revealed it it didn't
0: happen. It's called April Fool. Ah. And then, of course, everyone screams April Fool, and the entire audience goes, collectively, Oh! Yeah, because it's actually disappointing. Yeah. So anyway, the opening for Scream 2... Speaking of which? (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of disappointing. The opening for Scream 2 is Stab, the parody of Scream... That came out. It was originally, I think, going to be called Scary Movie. Um, Obviously, a (laughs) reference to the original screen title. They couldn't call it Scary Movie anymore because Scary Movie came along. Yeah. Um, So they called it Scat Stab, and it's basically supposed to be a crap version of Scream. And I, it kind of makes you appreciate Scream all the more. A little bit, a little bit. It's I mean, basically, you stab, can't you can't see can why now. stab is popular though, because like you can understand why scream would be popular, but you couldn't understand why stab would be popular. Not really.
5: Stab always confuses me because in two it's stab one, but by the time we get to
0: three, is it five stab mm. five? No, uh, stab
6: three. Stab is three
0: is in three, uh, oh. but no, is in four. They actually are doing like a stab five or something, aren't they?
6: Yes. Yeah. I think they're. I think they might even be up to seven.
0: Ay ay yi ay, ay.
6: <laughs> but then that al- allows them the hilarious uh, set of fake openings for four. Oh
0: God! Look, talk about that afterwards when we get yeah. to four. Oh, I want to talk about four. It sucks. <laughs> um, not, I can't even blame Aaron Kruger for that one. Yeah, actually, you can. He was uh, on rewrite detail. Oh, yep. good. Okay. Any See, excuse to blame him. It's a knob end. Um, oh no! Hang on! Hang on! Hang on! Screen. let me just check that one screen for uh, written by no Kevin Williamson hmm find crew oh, hang on Aaron Kruger was brought on for rewrites Williamson had to leave production early due to contractual obligations and Aaron Kruger was brought on for rewrites okay that explains a lot like good idea terrible execution hmm yes um, anyway so ugh, the opening again I I don't I hadn't really planned to say this but I don't get why stab is popular it's just a really generic shitty horror movie this is based on something that actually happened doesn't make it you know automatically popular and it makes horror movie audiences look like a huge bunch of dicks which uh, they, it, uh, are they because on as far as I can tell most horror movie fans that I know are actually kind of pleasant I mean that they're, they're like religiously fanatical about horror movies and they tend to have this giant mental checklist of of like dreck that they've seen that they would rather see crappy horror movies than really really good movies but you know I'd rather uh, see uh, <laughs> I'd rather see Avengers than the next Oscar winner and and that you know leaves me being uh, snootified by uh, people Thank who you. like the academy uh, but but I will say that no horror movie fans represents- in general aren't actually all that stupid and unpleasant as Actually,
5: they, they are very clever because uh, they're very good at working out, you know, fixing uh, law holes a lot of the time, which is always fun. I always have a lot of fun when people yeah. looking at stuff that tries to fix law holes because it can be so creative sometimes. What I think you're seeing there, I don't think it's horror movie fans. It's, a, it's, it's the frat house mentality. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they're, I, they're not... God, I'm going to sound snobby when I say it. They don't come across as true horror fans. It's not that. It's yeah, not true horror fans. <laughs> but what I'm saying is that, that, that there are people there that have gone to this film and... Horror fans go to a film. Would go to a horror film. They wouldn't be doing that. They'd be sitting there going and probably talking to the neighbour, going, "Oh, oh no, a bunch no, of know. wankers!
0: They're ruining it." Sit down.
5: <laughs> you know, they'd be talking about or oh, what the director did, or, or or you know, if it was a sequel, or you know, talking about that. You know, like we do you know off when we're talking about well, like the next Avengers film, what's going. On. It's stuff like that. That
0: I've never seen an audience like that for anything. Not even Star Wars fans behave that badly? I have seen documentary footage of Star Wars fans behaving that badly, but only before the Phantom Menace. <laughs> And they're just trying to their popcorn Frankly I would understand them behaving that badly After the (laughs) The Phantom Phantom Menace Let's tear this place apart
5: (laughs) It's a terrible movie I will only see it 15 more times Today
0: Anyway so the opening uh, It has um, Jada Pinkett Smith coming in there And basically disassembling the whole thing And being uh, very uh, savvy on it Um, And then Omar Epps Her boyfriend Steve Gets stabbed in the head Again, this is under the Scream Ghost Killer. Like, the Scream Killer went into the men's toilet before he did, and this is Mrs. Loomis, by the way, and waited in a stall, just like muttering to herself, waiting for Omar Epps, the person named Steve, to put his head next to the wall so that she could stab him through the head in exactly the right place. Yeah, she can have, she's got to have x-ray vision. No way that works. Even and Batman would have trouble setting that one up. And he has detective vision. <sighs> anyway, so um, Laurie Metcalf, that, or possibly that that one actually might have been Mickey, uh, then uh, uh, puts on the um, screen mask, goes, sits down next to Jada Pinkett. Uh, I think her name is, like, something connected to Marie or uh, Mar- Mary... It's Marine, isn't it? Marine, Is it Marie? Yes. Prescott. Either way, it's the same, same name as Sydney's mother. Um, like, seemingly, they've picked these two out and then uh, Sissy later on to sort of, kind of start to replicate Scream, but then they drop that one. Um, they drop it fairly quickly. Yeah, yeah. straight after her. Uh, but then she gets cut and then she's standing up and screaming and crying Whilst being stabbed in front of baying imbeciles, and you think, like again, as an adult, you're just thinking, "Oh God!" And then she goes and stands in front of the screen after being really stabbed in front of them. Not one person, by the way, goes, "Oh my God, she's really being stabbed!" Like you know, there's a difference between people going, "I stab you with a glow-in-the-dark knife," and what she's clearly going through. Mm-hmm. and there's enough light in the cinema to see what what's happening there and then she goes Aah! very slowly and with a lot of pain and dies in front of the audience do you really want to start your scream sequel making the entire right thinking audience go oh god mm. that's not fun that's just horrible I sometimes
5: think that that's a comment on what critics think horror movie fans are like
0: Maybe, but they did it too well because it makes regular people seem like bastards. So yeah, it's depressing. And um, as I said, that's not what film class is like. That's not what cinemas are like. Then when Tori Spelling huh, reference the uh, to Tatum mentioning, um, I think uh, Sydney gives like a snarky line. of, oh, they'll cast Tori Spelling, and apparently Tori Spelling was a good sport and agreed to be cast as the Sydney character in Stab. She goes on E! Entertainment News and they say, so what's it like to have a boyfriend play a killer? No. That is definitely not what E! Entertainment News is like. No. Even they're they're not that bad. They don't give away the fucking big, huge reveal on... Boneheaded interviews like that. They ask things like, "So, what's your favourite scary movie? What's it like working on a horror movie?" They ask stupid, inane shit like that. They don't ask about major plot revelation. Like, how the fuck did that get through every stage of scripting and performance? How did it get through? It's mental. It's quick. We need to write a sequel. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, anyway, so Luke Wilson turns up and Heather Graham, and again, I don't, I don't get why. Um, people, like, stab in within the Scream universe because mm. it's it, it's inane and it's ter- it's got, like, Tommy weasel levels of acting. Uh, then Portia de Rossi uh, of uh, uh, Arrested Development and Rebecca Gayhart of um, uh, Urban Legend uh, turn up as these kind of, like, red-herring frat girls, sorority girls. Mm-hmm. I think you're supposed to think it's them, kind of, but they never really sell it.
5: No, no, I never bought that. I was too busy going, what the hell is she doing here? And what? Gayhart or Portia? No, there's another character we are about to mention.
0: All right, uh, go for it. (laughs) Sarah Michelle Gellar. Sarah Michelle Gellar, yeah.
6: I said this right. Yeah. Sarah Michelle Gellar... Yep. ...is somebody that can never, ever be cast as the victim in a horror movie ever again, because you've just can't buy her being chased by a monster it doesn't work and not in a kind of oh that's so subversive because they've got buffy being killed by a monster no
5: the trouble is the minute she appeared on screen i turned to my friend and went she's gonna die yeah because it's it's freaking telegraphed that you've got sarah michelle geller in she's not really built up yeah she's dead
0: she's kind of reenacting the 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 uh uh Casey uh scenario from the beginning but there's not really much variation on it no is there like this is why watching the Casey thing again you're like I've seen this too many times like I've seen Scream 50 times now and I've seen a bunch of the sequel several times as well so it's like okay why is he in the house is he up the stairs is he out the door does it matter and then she gets killed (laughs) and that's not really a scene. And the fact that it's Sarah Michelle Gellar makes it ring even less true. Uh, She also got killed in uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer, that same year, which is shit. She,
5: I've never seen it. I know she's in The Grudge. I'm assuming she probably copped it in that. Uh, Yeah, yeah, she did.
0: I, I hate The Grudge. I fucking hate The Grudge. Of all Japanese horror movies, I really hate the American remake of The Grudge. Fuck! She's also in the ring. I don't think she dies in the ring. She in the ring? She in the ring? She in the ring? Oh, that's Naomi oh. Watts. Yeah,
6: yeah, I was going to say. Bloody hell! That's not her.
0: Swung in my brain. Anyway, so yeah Sarah too Michelle- many blondes Sarah Michelle Geller. This whole sequence did not need to be in the film at all. One killing too many. It, it, I swear, it is literally just in there because look, we've killed Sarah Michelle Geller. and it's Jeez. such a pathetic death. Like he chases her onto the balcony. <clears throat> stabs her a few times in the back and she goes no and then he throws her into the car park and she dies and you just go uh yeah that's all that makes you feel you're not thrilled you're not scared you're not laughing it's just sort of an Ugh.
5: because the minute she appears on the screen you know what's going to happen I like. It's Buffy. You know that she's going to die.
0: I kind of like the rest of the film. Like, just all the chat about this and that. It's kind of fun, but then once the killing starts happening, they tune the fuck out. It's like watching an action film that's actually quite good. You know, it's kind of like. this is a bad comparison but Age of Ultron I love but then when when I watch Age of Ultron again and again like watching them when they kill robots and like chase robots around and and kill things is gonna get a bit kind of yeah okay come on yeah yeah, it's get to Ultron he's awesome yeah (laughs) fortunately Dewey turns up and speaking of action films (laughs) uh, it's it's the music from Broken Arrow yes that's his theme that's his theme for this film and only I think they played a few bits (coughs) in Scream 3 they do Um, but there's no reason why it's so weird to watch it it's what's what's, like because that's I just watched because I saw Broken Arrow in the cinema Um, or maybe it was just on DVD uh, or video VHS VHS bloody hell In the mid-90s. I'd just seen it either way. So it's like... This is John Travolta's signature thing when he turns up and he's sort of like grinning and he's all cocky. And he's basically pretty much the same as when he plays Cast Troy in Face Off. Yep. It's... It's kind of like having... Fucking Courtney Cox turn up. And it goes... What's what's that theme, Courtney Cox? That's the theme from The Rock. Why? Seven dropping.
1: Hello, Sydney. How are you? Hi. What do you want, Gail? Well, I was hoping I might get just a few
4: words with you. Cotton. Hi, Sydney.
1: Here we are at Windsor College, where Sydney Prescott has just been reunited with Cotton Weary for the first time since she wrongly accused him of murdering her mother. What the hell are you doing? We want to know how you feel. Tell us everything that's happened. Looking back on the last few years.
0: Uh, Sydney, I just, I get, I, I kind of get it because it's like sheriff music—that twinkling sound of it that, that Zimmer put in. But that Zimmer put in—he's a very different composer to Marco Beltrami, who, by the way, did a really quite excellent job on the original screen uh, score. Um, it's got kind of got like a Spurs theme going on there. Ding, ding, ding. He's the sheriff. But it's from another film. It's, I get, it's like that bit at the end of Die Hard when it plays um, Bishop's countdown when uh, Al saves the day by shooting Carl at the last second. You know? It's, it's weird because it's like. Hang on. The Queen just got flushed out of the airlock. <laughs> anyway, um, so, <laughs> so, about so yeah, Dewey turns up. Gale is a bit more bolted down in this one. At, I think basically, you know, by the time Scream Four happens, Gale and Dewey are just there to be there, to be put yes. in danger, to run around screaming, and to survive. Yep. If that actually killed one of them in Scream Three, that would have actually been meaningful. Or Scream Four
5: but they would they'd have still to have survive. They, they would have had to kill
0: killed Gale because by this point we have established that Dewey is unkillable. Yeah, I mean, they straight out stabbed Gale in a really, like, life-threatening way in 4. And if hmm. she had died there, I think people would have gone, okay, well, that's, that's what happened to Gale in the end. And we'll talk about that when we get to 4. But, like, in this, all they're doing is running around and adding... They're padding out the film by giving you extra tension scenes because you don't want these characters you like to get killed but then when you've seen all four together several times you're just like oh god dewey and gail are running around away from the killer again and they survive again yeah although um, Dewey, gets get stabbed. stabbed again again <laughs> it's it's just it's all it's a joke by the third one anyway and then cotton weary turns up played by Leif schreiber and is as we said creepy as fuck he's like unnecessarily creepy you know, he, he grabs Sydney he's in the corridor. The, he's like, this is what's owed me, uh, Cindy, Sydney. You owe me this much. You know what's really funny? Does Liv Schreiber ever turn up
5: and not be creepy in some way, shape, or form? I, I right love him. Brains. I love him, but some of all fears, he's creepy as uh, John Clark. He's
0: a really good um, saber-tooth, but yeah. he's creepy as fuck. Well, he's supposed to be, definitely. Um, I'm going to say the Day Tripper's. I haven't seen it, so. It's a film by Greg Mottola, uh, and uh, it uh, has Stanley Tucci in it, who's great in everything. Hope Davis, who I like a lot. Uh, Parker Posey, who's great in everything, apart from Blade Trinity. And Leave Schreiber, not being quite as creepy. Oh, and Campbell Scott, who's great in everything, except possibly this. But no, he was all right in the Amazing Spider Man films. So, yeah, The, the Day Trippers from the director of, I want to say, Super Bad? Super Bad. And Adventureland. So yeah, if you want to see Leif Shrubber uh, um, being less creepy. However, he is creepy, but he is da bomb. (laughs) I
5: know, I just saw it!
0: In Phantoms! (laughs) Phantoms. (laughs) And I've seen that film and I actually quite like it. Another Dimension film. Right, okay. I'm going to talk about the beauty and the art of posters specifically as it uh uh, references drew strutzen in some kind of big production where we talk about poster art probably a visual one maybe i think a youtube video where we can look at specific posters but the screen posters really did summon the death knell for painted posters because from that point onwards all you really needed to do was have a bunch of teenagers looking at the camera in a moody way in a back Black background. Yeah, and that carried on to so many films. Everything is just that now. All the Dimension films were that. And now everything is that. All the Twilight films, like the Potter films, started out with these beautiful Drew roots and posters and then basically became staring at the camera dead-eyed. I can't really tell apart the posters for... I can only tell apart four because Harry's hair is different. But three, four, five, and... Ah, not six because six—the ones with Harry and Dumbledore alone—are really good, and seven and eight are really good. But four, five, and six, and three.
5: <laughs> There's also the, another trend. One was: uh, Do you remember the original poster for Captain America, the first one? Mm-hmm. The 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 moody lighting, that the sparks going across, the single hero—that was a trend one as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, actually, a single hero being depicted is actually is if it's done well, can be extremely iconic. But, okay, just to to narrow it down, because we could really talk about that elsewhere. The screen posters were laying down how to very cheaply and easily put together a poster that, for some reason, endlessly, I say endlessly brings people in, people were not flocking to Dracula 2000, and it's got exactly that kind of poster. People were not flocking to Mimic. People were not flocking to Phantoms.
5: Oh, wow, I've seen all three of those.
0: <laughs> Cotton turns up and is creepy, and really everything points to him being a killer this time, which, here's the thing, I feel like the original draft of the script would have been way better, but because it was leaked, because of the early internet getting hold of it, they had to change things around. And because they changed things around, it might not actually be quite as good for the final product as what it could have been. And I, I hate that. Frankly, you know, your film's got to be great for all time, do it right. Do it how you intended to do it. It doesn't matter if they know who the killer is. You say, well, fuck you. You, you didn't need to find out. You didn't, there were ways to not look at that bit of the internet and not spoil it for yourself. I'm, don't rewrite because people find out. Like I said, this one's one of those where it comes under the category of there's a good
5: idea but the exclu- execution is terrible. And the idea for me that I really love is the fact that Billy Loomis's mom obviously snaps and tries to find you know finds a finds her own little psycho killer and tries to get revenge that idea is good I do like that
0: but the execution doesn't work yeah especially oliphant's uh, performance which once again you're like how did he hide that from people he's off his fucking trolley the trouble is this is like there's several times where i've watched timothy oliphant and stuff and gone you're
5: fucking terrible sit and watch justified and go Hang on, how are you the same bloke that's in Scream yep. 2 and Hitman and
0: Die Hard 4 Pointless? Nice. See, also Deadwood, which he's fantastic and exceptional in. Um, so, yeah, but he, he's ridiculous and overblown in this. Can't really talk about him all that much. But the bit where he's having the conversation with Randy, Randy is talking like Quentin Tarantino. yes he is actually and actually no, he's not talking to Mickey because he actually says Mickey the freaky Tarantino film student but if he's a suspect so am I so we'll move on which is a nice bit of misdirection Uh, and he's actually saying it to Dewey who makes a really good like kind of okay I get you kind of uh, Arquette probably doesn't get enough props for being the the rock in this film he's a squishy rock but he's a little bit of solidarity that you kind of need and um, you know his earnestness may actually be uh, contribute very heavily to people liking screen along with uh, sydney mom's leave
1: yeah your mom left town she's not buried in a cemetery somewhere my mom's
6: dead and she's never coming back ever stupid Ooh, i love scary movies
3: i'll wait for video okay, okay. let's get down to business the way i see it someone's out to make a sequel you know cash in on all the movie murder hoopla so it's our job to observe the rules of the sequel. Number one, the body count is always bigger. Number two, the death scenes are always much more elaborate. More blood, more gore. Carnage candy. Your core audience just expects it. And number three, if you want your sequel to become a franchise, never, ever How 100%. do we find the killer, Randy? That's what I want to know. Oh, that's look at the suspects. There's Derek, the obvious boyfriend. Hello, Billy Loomis. The guy's pre madness pity me service room conveniently missed every major vein and artery. So you think it's Derek? Not so fast. Let's assume the killer, or Urs, has a half a brain. He's not a nick at night rerun type of guy. He wants to break some new ground, right? right? So forget the boyfriend. It's tired. Who else do we got? There's Mickey, the freaky Tarantino film student. But if he's a suspect, so am I. So let's move on. Well, let's not move on. Maybe you are a suspect. Well, if I'm a suspect, you're a suspect. Do you have a point? Okay. Let's move on to... Hallie, Sid's roommate? Mm Mm-hmm. Serial killers are typically white males. That's why it's perfect. It's sort of against the rules, but not really. Mrs. Voorhees was a terrific serial killer. And there's always room for Candyman's daughter. She's sweet. She's deadly. She's bad for your teeth. Come on, Randy. These kids are your friends. Who do you think's the killer? How about Gail Weathers? Gail? A killer? Why not? Well, she is vicious, She's an opportunist. Yeah. Isn't it conceivable she's planning her next book? That's what reporters do, Dewey. Do they stage the news. No, Gail's a lot of things, but Gail's not a killer. Listen, just because you're sweet on her... No, I'm not. Please, this is me talking, Randy. The unrequited love slave of Sidney Prescott. I know all about obsession. And pain. And you've got your love scar to prove it. And so do you. And what's with that limp, anyway, because you were stabbed on the back? Severed nerve. Look, Gail's no killer. Okay, okay, whatever you say. But if she's not a killer... She's a target.
0: Hitchcock tension turned up in this one. There wasn't really that sense of like trying to evade the killer so much in the first screen. But the bit when they're in the soundproof booths and she's sort of running and trying to evade the killer. That I think was really good. The actual killing part of it. Um, like the, 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 the creeping over him in the cop car is great. But then they run away and then turn back and he's gone. That's, that's cool. teleporting. That's that some bullshit. So it's like they step on these really great moments of tension. Um, so, yeah, they killed Sir Michelle Geller, They killed Randy. And I think everyone regrets that because they took out one of the best aspects of the uh, films. Uh, they killed Hallie, who didn't see that coming. I mean, that because they then reversed their decision to make Harry, Hallie the killer, when they kill her, it's just like, well, I'm just waiting for that to happen. And now you're depressingly following through on the formula. Well done. Mm. And then they kill Derek, which just makes me sad because he really was a straight shooter. He was, you know sh- you know He was a good guy. Just a good guy. And and then at the end when it's supposed to be kind of Oh, you got through that. Dude's there with a hole on his chest.
5: Yeah, hanging there is a yeah. horrible
0: bittersweet reminder.
5: Also, like fucking when
0: one of the best performances in this film is is just David Warner. Going, I don't believe you being the uh, the, the theatre train, the, the theatre teacher, and like then he's like you know you're 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 the Cassandra. Now use it, and then he puts her in the most incredibly objectionable position to put somebody who has been the victim of um, a, a masked slasher. Put her on the stage with eight masked slashers. Good thinking <laughs> there. Well done. That's totally ethical. Maybe they, maybe these films did set this trend for having awful characters after all. Yeah, basically, even if it's even if it's like you know you you must uh, use that. You're it, that's aversion therapy. You're not a psychologist. You're forcing that on her. It's not fair.
5: In fairness, what should happen is she should totally freak out and do a Letty from Fast Seven.
0: Yeah, yeah, just punch them. Uh, punch Hector. Um, Okay, going back to Mickey by the end for the end when he goes because it's all about the court case. That's still relevant. Mm. That's actually it's not wrong on that one. That, that is maybe the most solid motive the whole way through the series. Just in terms of like if if there's going to be a fucking psychopath here who wants attention, that cuts very close to the bone in terms of uh, handling the media circus surrounding this kind of scenario. To the point where at the end with the end of four, it's like no. You've got it all wrong, girly. Mickey had it right. Yeah. That side of it kind of rings true. So I think kind of unlike the first one, which actually is a solid enough film, although it's it's definitely flawed when you watch it in remakes. The Scream 2 kind of limps along and comes through with some strength still there for me. Um, again, it is
5: one of like I said, it, it's some good ideas,
0: not so great execution. Aided by Laurie Metcalf with her eye-rolling crazy turn as Mrs. Loomis. She, she's believable enough for some, a complete nut job. But again, it's kind of like... I don't know. She kind of does the transition a little better. Between, yeah. like, uh, you know, she could just about hide that, maybe, sort of. Um, like, her uh, regular personality is quirky enough that you could kind of hide that back there. But Sharon, what, what do you think of Scream 2? We've not really been letting you
6: talk. I don't really have much to say about Scream 2 that you haven't said already. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, for me, the essence of it was, um, like you said, the, the interesting part, the hook for me, was was Mickey's... Um, uh, motive and, and this, this desire for recognition and, mm. and acknowledgement, um, but by and large, I think it's it's not bad. It's it's still got the positives that the first one had, even though they may not have appealed to me all that much. Um, it's it's not. It doesn't really scare me. It doesn't um, scare me. But exactly, see, this is the thing I, I keep. This is the thing I keep coming back to. Is that um, I my issue with, with what I I wouldn't even refer to these as horror. They're slasher flicks, and that's not because horror to me is something that has to scare me, and it it just it doesn't really fall into that category when this is the kind of you know serial killer, but it's. Um, it's all about what the, the victim's responses are that, that's the interesting part. And that's not a, a, a scare thing. That's a, a character development thing. Um, but I, I did like um, the way Mrs. Loomis had uh, sort of, her, her persona that she'd created was so um, almost naive. She has that kind of country bumpkin thing about her, which is really emphasised when she clashes with Gail which to me was kind of why the turnaround at the end, there wasn't that element which there'd been with with Stu and Billy of, well, how on earth did they keep this under wraps? Um, She was somebody who had clearly worked very hard at her cover persona, and she was, you know, she hadn't lived in that area her whole life and grown up with these people, and and they wouldn't necessarily have, have been able to see through her just like that.
4: That keeps at my brain Before I go
3: and say I hold my pillow to my head And spring up in my bed Screaming out the words I said I
0: think I love you This morning I woke up the- Scream 3 Made Hang it. on, hang on, hang on Yep <sighs> I'll join you in that <sighs> Sharon?
5: yeah it's actually probably more like it
0: Uh, um, cost how much relative to 15 then 24
6: whatever it was it was too much (laughs) well they're
0: filming in hollywood so it's going to be more the rents are going to be higher 40 million made 161 so law of diminishing returns 173 172 161 Mm -hmm. Uh,
6: but these are still good multiples this is the thing
0: yeah But this was definitely designed to close out the series. Uh, The originally, uh, Kevin Williamson had written treatments for two sequels. The third one would would move back to Woodsboro. And I believe this was the one where it was going to be a whole bunch of uh, high school type staged murders. Um, And the... Eventually, Aaron Kruger made the point that, you know, when he was uh, doing the rewrites, which apparently he discarded a lot of what... uh, Williamson had uh, laid down in the treatment uh, that uh, it's about growing up and moving on. You go, you go high school, then you go college and now Hollywood. But let's look at the real reason. Um, Columbine had happened in 1999. It was a terrible high school shooting, one of many. And uh, they, it just, it was just a bit too much on the nose, a bit too close, a bit too raw for them to uh, make a uh, film based on, um, ...violence in a high school and murders in a high school, even in the original Scream during filming when they were trying to, you know, they were shooting it locally in, in California, and um, the first high school they asked said, no, we, we we had a local girl get kidnapped and murdered, we don't want this type of story in our town... And they, they, really, the locals didn't like it. There was a, a lot of like, they'd already begun filming pretty much, and and the locals were saying no to a lot of this. So, uh, people get very sensitive about this because ultimately it's it's murder for entertainment, and the real world does eventually slowly creep in and present problems. You can make uh, an absolutely nothing cheap ass horror movie, um, you know, and, and basically go to places where people don't mind or don't care. But eventually, if you're going to really like you know, put, make something with a budget and ask a lot of people for a lot of uh, concessions, eventually you're going to meet a wall where people go, no, we don't like the tone of this. And so they, you'll notice that Screen 3 has a lot less focus on violence and sadism and a lot more kind of um, Holly weird, am I right? It's kind of a satire on Hollywood and it's it's, it's a rubbish satire. Uh, okay, we're going to repeat quite a lot of what We Hate Movies uh, said about this, because they in their episode, they did a live show. They, they nailed so many aspects of this. They described it as, it's like um, uh, Robert Altman's The Player, but just a pile of shit. <laughs> it's kind of like a commentary on Hollywood, but totally inept. And a lot of this could come down to the fact that Aaron Kruger uh, wrote it, and uh, Kevin Williamson wrote Dawson's Creek. And uh, I think most modern-day kids won't even have heard of that thing. But James Van Der Beek was in it. Who's James Van Der Beek? Um, Dude from Varsity Blues? No? Um, Cricket sound effect. Yeah, he was in that Power Rangers thing recently. Anyway, um... Uh, so Aaron Kruger wrote Transformers 2 and 3 and 4 and... How does this fucker still get worse? I don't know. Well, possibly because Transformers I see, I 2 and 3 and, and 4 made a million dollars. In, I, I don't often say this about writers, but I really, really can't stand his writing. Yeah. So, I mean, the first thing that struck me about this is that it goes from being the surprise Sydney type uh, classic scream voice. It's like a sexy girl. And then it turns into, like, the voice of Cotton Weary. And, like, when the Screen Killer is banging on the door of Cotton Weary's girlfriend... Yeah. She's like, get away, Cotton! Because that's definitely his voice coming from there. We said this before listening to the the, the We Hate Movies show again. This is a magic box. Yeah, it's fucking... This is, like, Doctor Who wizardry! Actually, no, it's Mission Impossible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But like, no, no, because no, Mission Impossible 3, um, <clears throat> sorry, there are restrictions because Philip Seymour Hoffman had to read that piece of paper when she calls him a horrible boy so that they can get the phonetics on it. I somehow doubt they got Mrs. Prescott to say that before she died. They've got everyone's voice on there.
5: Yeah, it, it, it's the fallback of a lot of bad writing. Surprise. terrible <laughs> writing. It's technology. It can do
0: Anything. That's not how technology works. That is a shit get out if that's what you're hanging the film on. Yep. Sharon, Karen? Like, you can't, you can't, there is no box in the world that contains the voice of a girl's dead mother. No. I mean, that, that like, that could, you can basically get to speak like that girl's dead mother. Not now. And we're 15 years later. And when digital technologies come on in leaps and bounds. There's voice modulation software up the yin yang, but you can't talk exactly like a person yet. Just
5: that you take, a, for example, take something like either Siri or Cortana that speak yeah. back to you or Google.
0: It's very disjointed. Yeah, I so mean, certainly you, could, you certainly couldn't do it on something you bought at Radio Shack, which is what this thing seems to be from. <clears throat> this is Stark Tech. Anyway, so this magic voice box in which the entire film hangs, scream killers there kills Cotton almost straight away. Like whoa, way, you're like, well, Cotton died. Well, that's rubbish because I think Leif Schreiber was one of the more entertaining characters in this series.
5: Actually, I, I just took that as, Liv Schreiber has sense, saw the script. I want no part
6: of this. Kill me. <laughs> yeah, kill me off quickly.
0: And uh, yeah, the, the, he's had he had his talk show. Which you know, apparently, if you are a convicted rapist and murderer and then are exonerated, that's the kind of uh, show you can get. I think we heard movie said that as well, but I thought it too. I was like, seriously? How is he a celebrity?
5: To be fair, people like Mike Tyson are still a
0: celebrity. Yeah, but he was a boxer. He was the heavyweight champion of the world over and yeah, over he again. Was famous he did something. Research. Yeah. Do you know what the <clears throat> the people in this scenario get like remember that guy i'm talking with charles ramsey he's a neighbor uh t- walk me through again what happened this afternoon i
4: knew something was wrong when a little pretty white girl ran into a black man's arms dad gave away dad gave away
0: my neighbor got big testicles because we see this dude every day that guy uh who was sort of on scene uh the aftermath of a kidnapping and they, the new media really needed to focus on something uplifting about that. And so since he was kind of a card and a personality, they brought him on rather than talking to the traumatized victim of this kidnapping and rape. And then after a few days, they tired of the fact that uh, he, you know, he was getting kind of, Oh God, just like, I'll come on and say the same thing over and over again. They started muckraking on this guy who was entirely unconnected with the case. And then they dragged him down and through the mud That's what Cotton Weary would be. They would, like, in today's modern world, Cotton Weary would be exonerated. He would have 15 minutes, 15, to be told, we're so sorry about that. And then it would transpire that he actually was a creep. Because he actually is a creep, remember? Remember in Scream 2 when he turns out to be a fucking creep? Mm -hmm. So there's going to be some shit in his past he doesn't want people to find out about. That's the direction the media would take. He wouldn't get his own fucking talk show. That's... That's how the media works, and it's lunacy to suggest otherwise. And the Scream is filled over and over again with underestimation or overestimation of how the media treat their celebrities. There is very few moments when I'm like, yes, they're right on the money. Mickey was pretty much the exception. Hmm. If... Imagine a Charlie Brooker written scream film, I already can pretty much, all of Black Mirror and um Dead Set. Do you ever see Dead Set, Neil? Uh I've seen bits of it. It's like Big Brother with zombies.
2: zombies.
0: Yeah. It's uh it's pretty acidic. Um but uh, you know Brooker, Brooker knows how the media treat people. He's you know yeah. front and center on that one. Anyway, so post-Columbine, high school violence movable. So um let's go in a more cuddly direction which involves this becoming part of the Universe.
5: Oh, God, yeah. Again,
0: that, we hate we said this, but it's a totally relevant point to a, make.
5: The, the only reason this happens is because they do a joint cameo. So we have Jane... Because believe it or not, folks, if you, if you take this film, Jane and Silent Bob exist in the Scream
0: universe. They do. as So that That's means Jay Silent Bob strikes back with reference to Scream, which had like... Was it... um. Uh, sh- the one from Beverly Hills 902 when I was in Mallrats Shannon, Doherty.
2: It- sh- Don't Shannon
0: Doherty, Doherty was in like a, a, a screen movie but, like being was, so she was going was to, be to be killed but report. it was the monkey who was there yes. Yes. and Wes is just counting the bucks <laughs> no he's not counting the bucks that's the guy that did Good Will Hunting <laughs> Good yes Will Hunting. Um, well remembered it's Gus Van Zandt who's counting the bucks I don't like them. Apple's will. It's Google Hunting Two Hunting Season. Season. Ah, <laughs> uh, that might but, be my favourite. Do you remember Kevin how you Smith. do this? <laughs> you do Kevin the safe Kevin film, and then you do the indie film. Look at the camera. Frosted tips. Lion face. Ugh. Lemon face. <laughs> I'd much rather talk about that film than Scream Three. Jesus. But that impl- implies that Dogma took place in the same universe as Scream Four. And there's another film I'd rather talk about than Scream Four. Anyway.
3: Hold Dad, make a movie someday. Huh?
2: Oh my god.
3: Well, if you're watching this tape, it means, as I feared, I did not survive these killings here at Windsor College. And that giving up my virginity to Karen Kolchak at the video store was probably not a good idea. Karen Kolchak? Yes, Karen Kolchak. Creepy Karen? Shut up! She's a sweet person, okay? We were working late, we were putting away some videos in the porno section, and, you know, shit happens. Open the door, Randy! 15 minutes!
2: That's my room, too!
3: Paul, 15 minutes, I'm leaving my legacy. 15 minutes, Paul! Damn! Anyway, the reason I am here is to help you so that my death will not be in vain. That my life's work will help save some other poor soul from getting mutilated. If this killer does come back and he's for real, there are a few things that you gotta remember. Is this simply another sequel? Well, if it is, same rules apply. But, here's a critical thing. If you find yourself dealing with an unexpected backstory and a preponderance of exposition, then the sequel rules do not apply, because you are not dealing with a sequel. You are dealing with the concluding chapter of a trilogy. Trilogy. That's right. It's a rarity in the horror field, but it does exist. And it is a force to be reckoned with, because true trilogies are all about going back to the beginning and discovering something that wasn't true from the get-go. Godfather, Jedi, all revealed something that we thought was true that wasn't true. So if it is a trilogy, you are dealing with, here are some super trilogy rules. One, you gotta killer who's gonna be superhuman. Stabbing him won't work, shooting him won't work. Basically, in the third one, you gotta cryogenically freeze his head, decapitate him, or blow him up. Number two, anyone including the main character can die. This means you Sid. I'm sorry, it's the final chapter. It could be fucking reservoir dogs by the time this thing is through. Number three. The past will come back to bite you in the ass. Whatever you think you know about the past, forget it. The past is not at rest. Any sins you think were committed in the past are about to break out and destroy you. So in closing, let me say, good luck, Godspeed, and for some of you, I'll see you soon. Because the rules say some of you ain't gonna make it. I didn't. Not if you're watching this tape.
0: So... Another question, when is Stab 3 actually set? Because Stab 1 is basically a recreation of the Woodsboro murders. Yeah. Stab two, we can only assume is is basically um The college one. The college one, yeah? So Stab three, because no more murders have occurred. <laughs> I'm it's s- like back to Woodsboro or something. It may be, but here's the thing: it's not just like they go back to the same houses. It's literally the same fucking scenarios. You can still see Tatum's blood. On the... the Yeah, I think isn't like the... On the flap. Yeah. I can understand if they'd be doing that for, like, a flashback, but they wouldn't invest in that level of set design for a flashback. Flashbacks are filmed beside a tree. It's much cheaper. <laughs> Seriously, you don't make all of Woodsboro for a flashback. So uh, unless it involves... I think they even say uh, it's... It's Scream Four. Maybe the only funny line. Scream Five involved time travel or something along those lines. Stab oh, Five. Quite. Okay, this is said. I'm on the screen
5: Wikipedia, and it lists Stab Three: Return to Woodsboro. Mm. Uh, was intended to be a fictional film within the film, appearing as Scream Three. However, following the studio's cancellation of production due to the mergers of the film and cast, another version of the film was released: Hollywood Horror. Oh,
0: so
5: therefore, cool. yeah. Stab Three. Did actually?
0: Yeah, it's it's a recreation of Scream Three. Oh yeah, very good. <laughs> Of course, to continue the series, they'd have to do something, wouldn't they? Oh, God. Right. Yeah. That nicely followed up on that. Thank you. Uh, but here's another thing Scream was filmed on location in California, not on sets. Those were real houses, those are real places. I think the house, Tatum's house, is next to Pollyanna's house. <laughs> well, that's creepy. Yeah. I mean, that is creepy. Pollyanna wouldn't like that at all. Um, But, so yeah, I mean, obviously with Stab being a shit, cheap-ass version of Scream, which, again, I don't get why people like it. But then again, I don't really get why people like Saw. Okay, apparently Stab 4 was called Fresh Blood, just to be random. (laughs) (laughs) Also, this film has straight-up Scooby-Doo ghosts in it. Again, this is what We Hate Movies was, was saying. There are bits when you're like, is it actually a ghost? I think it would have been more refreshing if it was actually a ghost.
5: All right, just just to just to poke some fun here. There's three. I know what you did last Summers. Yep. Okay. So you've got. I know what you did last summer. I still know what you did, did last, last summer. summer. And I'll always know what you did last summer. By the time they hit the third
0: one, <laughs> He's the fisherman his head on the desk. No, the fisherman is a fucking zombie. Oh, see, I thought they would have gone to the fisherman's friend by then. Oh, no. didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I won't be here all week, folks. Uh, so hang on, the Fisherman is a zombie. So yes. they go, they're go in Jason territory?
5: Yes, but not not remotely as good.
0: Okay. Uh, not remotely as good as all the Friday the 13th.
5: I'd pick any of which them. Which is the
0: worst. Uh, what, Friday the 13th? Yeah. I mean, we've got, a, like we, for some reason, like four, five, six, seven, and eight are on Netflix or something like that. We were going to watch them all.
5: I'm tempted to, to skip. Say- Five, skip which five one, which is on we hate movies <laughs> just oh, listen to their episode they cover Wh- which which one is that is that that's the one where jason isn't jason oh what's that one called
0: uh a new beginning i think a new begin. oh yeah okay because they actually straight up kill him at the end of four don't they yes okay and that's why six he comes back as a zombie uh they also did jason goes to hell didn't they did they do that
5: yes that's the one you just want the reason to watch that film it's it's that's, that's not on netflix the reason you watch that film is for the 10 seconds at the end. Oh, okay. <laughs> I can spoil it now if you want. Yeah, but.
0: tell me. I've, I've, we can't see it. Yeah. Be- because basically,
5: you see Jason's mask mm. lying on the ground, mm-hmm. the dirt ne- next to it, it sort of shuffles, and all of a sudden, a stripy green and red jumper with a clawed hand comes up, grabs the mask, pulls it down, and you hear laughter.
0: Oh, very good. How, how long before Freddy vs. Jason was that? A long fucking time. But hang on, Jason goes to hell was literally the last thing that happened to Jason. So in continuity, Freddy vs. Jason actually works as a follow-up to that, right?
5: It's meant to be the because
0: Jason it. X obviously is in okay, the future. Jason goes to hell was in 1993. Jeez, and uh, Freddy vs. Jason was like 2001, three, yeah, something like that. To the Googles. Uh, hold on. 2003. Yeah, 2003. Took a decade. Okay, well it they got there it, in the Jason
5: end. actually had another fucking film in between. Then,
0: but, yeah, I, I like the f- I like the fact that there's continuity at all. Frankly, <laughs> uh, <that's laughs> even fucking- if it is loose. <laughs> anyway, let's get back on the- anything to not talk about Scream Three. Scream Three, three yeah. is just terrible. Ghosts. Mm-hmm. Sydney, come to me, and then like you know it's go g- g- ghost, and again he's using this fucking voice box because mm. uh, again he's the scream killer again he knows where everything is uh, even if he's the director he doesn't know everything mm-hmm. you know how, like Wes Craven's the director he doesn't know everything
5: okay do you want a better horror movie film mm-hmm. set in Hollywood uh, you're uh, going to watch
0: it it's called New Nightmare yeah no we're watching the rest of that tonight awesome yes. trust okay. me trust me it's it's, it's oh. Oh, I hate
5: Scream 3 Scream 3 Killed the franchise to a lot of people for bloody good reasons. It is everything the first film is at it? the time. Yeah, exactly that. It
0: is. It is. It this called. is the one they said that it ends up just like following the same tropes that it sent up in the original.
5: Yeah, it becomes what the first one was yeah. parodying. Well, not parodying, but you know what, pointing to and stuff like mm. that. And it is terrible. There's nothing. There's not. I can't even say these. Good ideas in here. Because by the end of the film, the climax takes place in a mansion that's got hidden passages. and It's it's Scooby-Doo shit!
0: Yeah. Yeah, Scooby-Doo again is very prevalent. This is a Scooby-Doo film. Interestingly enough, Matthew Lillard went on to be Shaggy.
5: And the best thing about that is in Looney Tunes Back in Action where Shaggy is having a go at him about the voice
0: he used. Nice. In... Okay, in... Originally, before the, the Columbine thing went off, Lillard was apparently going to be Stu again in Scream 3. He was contracted to do this. Apparently, he survived the TV on the head, which is a great death, by the way. Um, and, uh, and his parents were... Like, he went to jail. And he's, like, puppeteering the murders himself. As a, Is that good? Is that really, really bad?
5: I think it's be still bad. better than
0: this guy. Don't you think? To
5: be fair, he, the character of Stu doesn't seem smart enough to pull. Yeah, that no, off. he is an idiot.
0: Yeah, okay. Um, also, Randy apparently was supposed to have survived his wounds, and then
5: there's he, no freaking way Randy survived,
0: and then came back. Um, uh, you know, they were they were trying to work out a way to get Randy back. In the end, they went with the old videotape thing and Heather Monterazzo. And I said this when we were watching it. and Then we hate movies. Voiced it again. You mail that tape. You don't go all the way to Hollywood and go on to the movie set and then go, what, well, I'm going to show you this for 90 minutes. Okay. Guess I'll be heading back now. I've been traveling for 18 hours. You don't Just <sighs> I mean, yeah. You- Anyway, so, yeah, Randy does his his thing, and I uh, like the bit where he uh, sort of interacts with Dewey, great fun, and uh, where he lays down the whole... It could be anything. It could be anyone. It could be supernatural. was like, wow, that's a big promise for this movie, and it goes fucking nowhere. What was the point of all of that setup up for, for, to basically go nowhere? Um, Carrie Fisher's in this, yep. briefly. Again, it's kind of like a Jay and Silent Bob, but th- does that mean that... Wait a second... Was that the nun in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back? Was she driving to her other job?
6: How many people in this world look like Carrie Fisher?
0: Yeah.
5: Isn't that what she says? No, I just
0: look like her. Also. Similarly, yeah. how many people in this world look like Jason Lee?
6: No, no, no. But specifically the fact that she says there's, there's her and Carrie yes, Fisher Yes, it is exactly alike.
0: Yeah.
5: It is the nun from Jay and Silent Strike Back.
0: Yep. It's, well, it's yeah, well, like, yeah. Hang on, so hang on. Does that mean that that woman is also? Oh, it doesn't matter. No. Um, also,
5: can I say Roger Corman's also appears
0: in there. He does. I didn't recognise him because I wouldn't be able to pick Roger Corman out of a lineup. But um, who is he? Oh, yeah, he's the guy who doesn't. He's the exec who doesn't like violence. Yes. Yeah. Which is bloody funny. Okay. Sydney's a lot sadder at this point. She's living up at a ranch on her own behind an electrified fence with a dog. And I'm thinking, okay, right. So she's sort of isolated herself so by this one
5: dog and not a pack of wild feral mountain lions and and why
0: she is not packing serious heat as well this is this is la now this is you know you walk into a grocery store you better be fucking packing um but seriously though it's happened twice and it happened ferociously sydney and you need to feel safe why is it that you do not know Krav Magar. by this point she should know some form of self-defense uh, I think in Scream 4 she kicks someone what goes face in the face once and I'm like oh, it's finally going to come out that she has basically been training and training and training and has basically said never again that by the way would have been fucking awesome if in Scream 4 basically she had kicked the living fuck out of the Scream killer that would have been <sighs> unexpected and basically, like, you know, after she did that, she was like, What, you think I was gonna learn something like this? This happened to me three times. How fucking stupid are you? And that would have been really great. But she doesn't. Sydney never learns self-defense of any kind. And mm-hmm. that 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 destroys the Scream series, basically. Because yeah. you're basically dealing with a character who just may as well be dead. She because- never grows. Past the first film, as a character, she never grows. She's mopey in Scream One! that's mm, true, and by the like, by basically by the end, she may as well be like Banner. Only she doesn't have the excuse of you know I, I put a bullet in my mouth and the other guy spat it out. So yeah, that that kind of ruins the whole series. That 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 there is no real progression for Sydney, and that that even like, even, like neither does Gail learn anything, and she is super uptight and having no fun in this film. But by the fourth one, Courtney Cox is really not having any fun.
6: Uh, dewey has gone full circle as well because he's back in being a little reinforcement officer, yep. albeit a sheriff now, not a deputy. He's
0: lost his disability and thus part of his charm in Scream Two because but, that that made a character that had limitations.
6: But the whole point someone is,
0: more vulnerable, you know.
6: The whole point in Four is that Sydney has allegedly gone through all this trauma and come out the other side, but she never she's never changed. She's never. You know, they say she's progressed and and become... Evidence, show, don't tell. The Mm. only evidence that there is of her progressing as a character is when she, um, in her ranch in the middle of nowhere, does the victim support line.
0: Yeah, that's That was great,
6: I loved that. That I wonder if that might have been a hangover from
0: Kevin Williamson's original treatment, that this is what she now does. Got to be,
5: because Aaron Kruger isn't that fucking smart. Yeah,
0: Mm. no, the, the idea that... And then, like, the fucking scream killer calls her house... No. Nope. Anyway, um, so Patrick Dempsey is in, 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 in it. Let's just hop, skip and jump for the end. I, I want to be done with this series because it is downhill from this point. So, okay, here's the last highlight of Screen 3. Patrick Dempsey's kind of fun and doesn't... And he's go, not the bad guy. And he's not the bad guy. Uh, and Parker Posey's in this. And she's always great in everything apart from Blade Trinity. And even that, she was the best thing in it, apart from maybe Ryan Reynolds. <sighs> uh, but yeah, her character of, like, you know, I'm going to be Gail Weathers better than you've ever been, Gail Weathers. That's a great kind of character. And then they just kill her in this kind of really unceremonious, and, yeah, she's dead. Wouldn't she have been great to keep alive for the end? Wouldn't she have been great for you, like, I'm really glad she lived? You know, because she's annoying. Keep the annoying characters alive. Annoy the audience. Good. Do that.
5: Yeah, the whole point of having an annoying character is to see them dead, so subvert, subvert what the audience
0: expects yeah. by having them survive. So instead you have a, a daft, bent Jenny McCarthy turn up to get killed horribly. Like, she gets stabbed in the back, and then, like, he throws her down over the the smashed-in door, and she's dead in, two, in like, that long.
2: Yeah. It's just, like,
0: stabbed, stabbed, dead. No, it takes a lot longer, and it's really horrible to watch. Yep. And it's very traumatic. And they just cut it there because it's like, let's not dwell on the violence, shall we? No, because you know what you just got rid of there? The consequences. (sighs) Jenny McCarthy, by the way, has actual genuine real-life blood on her hands because of her anti-vaxxing standpoint, along with Jim Carrey and a bunch of other actors. Um... They've actually led to actual outbreaks of long-thought-dead diseases. Look this up, folks, because uh, that means people have actually died listening to their bullshit fucking anti-science theories. Uh, And so they've killed people with their ignorance and ineptitude and preaching this bullshit to idiots who have created their own pockets of disease. Because it takes, for some reason, they all flock together into these communities that are like, we want smallpox, fuck it. Because the last thing we want is for our kids to be autistic more autism please frankly not it's it's i would much rather have more understanding and acceptance of autism than fear and running away from vaccinations and science jesus christ
5: sorry wrong i i thought i was (laughs) the one by the (laughs) dogs no 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 what he said because you know what i just i i can't be that eloquent because I just devolve into a lot of four-letter words. So thank you for being a heck of a lot more eloquent Jesus. on that.
0: Yeah. I, uh, one of our, my good friends, Lauren Grieve, is a doctor and basically just went off on one uh, regarding how awful this behaviour actually is. And what it's done. And uh, I I was angry about it before, but now I'm fucking fuming. Anyway, so they kill Jenny McCarthy. No, sorry, they kill the character that Jenny McCarthy plays. Takes no time at all. And then they kill Angelina. For some reason, I actually thought that Emily Mortimer, is it? Was the killer in this. I think I confused her with the killer in Scream 4. But um, hmm. the... Uh, just the... for some reason I thought it was definitely her I thought she had been like studying to be Sydney so much that eventually she like used it as an (laughs) excuse like here's the thing Agatha Christie used to write her um, mysteries so that anyone could be the killer. And then at the end, she worked out who the killer would be. And then she went back and just tweaked a few things to make sure that that killer was definitely flagged in the right way so that it was that person definitely. I don't believe, like, Agatha Christie's a fucking genius back in those days. These days, I don't think you could do a really meaningful this is the killer and this is why in that exact way because you need to really have a really clear motive on it. Although there was a really good film called Eight Women, where uh, you know, everybody's a suspect. And uh, that was, uh, it's just a French film. It's actually really good from a couple of years ago, where uh, everybody could have been the murderer. Done right, that could be really good. But the way this is executed, anybody could be the murderer. And it kind of doesn't matter who the murderer is in the end. The way it was written... Um, there were like multiple possible killers and they sort of ended up going for just this particular one. But if, if that's the point, if that's the ending, it doesn't matter. You know, it's, it's, it's fucking multiple choices. It's a choose your own adventure book with multiple different endings and, and you have no power over how it plays out. It's randomized. Now, it, do you know what would be interesting? Four different versions of Scream three go out there and you get a different killer every time. That would have been kind of cool. Didn't they have like Freddy vs. Jason had like two endings, one where Freddy wins and one where Jason wins. Yes. Did did those get aired? No, because it is the ultimate cop out ending,
5: which you'll have heard when you listen
0: to the when we discuss that on um, that show. We'll talk about that then. Of course, we did talk about that then. Oh, Marty, you're not thinking, thinking fourth dimensionally. So then, uh, the killer turns out to be her brother from, from another from her mother from before, who was like. Again, this is like, <laughs> it's, it's a Roman Polanski parable where like uh, Maureen Prescott came to Hollywood um, 25 years ago and they did things to her, terrible, terrible things. And it all happened at this house. And uh, they, I, I think it was, was, was this director whose name is Roman. Yeah, good, good, good going there. Um, was the product of that? Yep. Is he the bastard child of 100 maniacs?
5: It'd be more entertaining.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> uh, so anyway, yeah. So he's he's angry at her because he came back to find her, and then she went. Nope, I'm a different person now. And so he orchestrated the uh, murder in the first scream. So he, I am the, I am the architect of all your pain. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they kind of undid the really quite good ending of the original scream with this really shit ending of scream three, and then. He shoots her and she somehow survives it and then she kills him and then Dewey proposes to Gail. The end. Uh, the, the, I suppose the only quite good bit is that like she leaves the door open and then it's like, well, I, I'm not going to close that. I've gotten over it. So that's maybe her only progression, maybe. <laughs> Bet that's from Kevin Williams' script. Maybe. But uh, I didn't really feel it and it's a shit no. ending and it's a shit movie. It it's is inept. awful. And Lance Henriksen was totally wasted. Yeah, and literally they fucking kill him. They pull him out, slash his throat. And um, the bit where the fucking director—I can't even remember—is it? Roman um, uh, is found in a coffin by Parker Posey with a knife in him, and then she like slams the thing down. Like, how is the knife in him? What kind of knife is that? Like a collapsible trick knife?
5: It, yeah, it's Hollywood. We we fake everything. Yep, it's contrived. Very. It is unimaginative. Yep. It is lazy.
0: Yep. Makes Scream 2 look really good.
5: Yeah. I'd almost
0: say mm,
5: that, mm, debatable whether this is the worst or 4 is the worst.
0: I have difficulty choosing because this is stupid and nasty, but Scream 4 is really nasty. Mm. And maybe a bit less stupid, but it's just horrible. <laughs> Yep. Okay, can we just rush through four please? Please, because the only thing to call this is Scraform. Scraform. Nice. It's uh they they, they came or- back in two thousand eleven to reboot the franchise, basically. To it's a fourth film, but it also might be the start of a whole new franchise. And I <laughs> didn't work. It ended up being Wes Craven's last film. And he made three and he made two and he made one. And one like th- there was genuine skill involved. In one and two, and I don't know what the hell was going. I don't want to speak ill of the dead, and I don't want to. Ba- I, we didn't do these to badmouth Wes Craven. I actually think that he's, you he, know, but by bringing us Nightmare and Scream, he did some really fantastic things with horror. Uh, but his last film is 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 shit. And yeah. it's un- it's genuinely unfortunate. It would have been great for him to go out with a bat
5: This is from someone who has pretty much seen just about every Wes Craven film. This is such a terrible film. This is possibly his worst film. Yeah,
0: cost the same forty million as the uh, third one. It made ninety seven million. Uh, the last one made one hundred sixty one. So that implies either that uh, over the ten years in between, uh, sorry, eleven years in between, because it's twenty eleven. It doesn't feel like that much time has elapsed, but the world is a different place. Um, that either. Uh, loads of people saw it and went ugh don't bother or the critics saw it and said ugh don't bother um, or Scream is no longer relevant it's no longer the hot shit people thought it was and uh, we've, it's not they kind of proved be- it with this this it- film should never have happened nope. the thing is we have moved on
5: by this point we've had Saw, we've had Paranormal Activity we've had The Purge I know it's not really a horror film but it's along those lines we've had quite a few franchises come and go yeah. in this in 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 the time scream a new scream it, it was never ever going to work i don't even think a
0: reboot i've heard good things about the tv show but i haven't it's currently on. 40% on rotten tomatoes now obviously rotten tomatoes can't always be trusted but <sighs> yeah
5: we've moved on a lot of the films that were successful are completely different to this they 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 revel in their nastiness a lot of the time <laughs> so I'm looking at you you have no excuse you are a one I don't even know how you became what you became because the first one was so good but completely the opposite of every single
0: thing that followed it I'll trust you on that since I haven't seen most of the uh, sequels um, and
5: they get nastier yeah. and
0: nastier and nastier Just I, mean, I have read through the descriptions of what happens and I'm like oh god I don't want to see this oh god Definitely don't want to the,
5: see that. Well, the other thing I can give it is that at least it is a, one of the few of the new breed of horror films that tries to maintain consistency, lore, and plot all the way through. It doesn't always work, and when they do the one that's political about a healthcare system, you're left scratching your head going, what the fuck? <laughs>
0: but, yeah so the axe grind as I said earlier on this one is aren't remakes shit and this comes from uh, Platinum Dunes doing their extremely successful remakes of Halloween in front of the 13th Nightmare uh, Nightmare Before Christmas on Elm Street (laughs) Um, uh, The Hills Have Eyes Texas Chainsaw Massacre Uh, all of these films that for some reason nobody likes but everyone sees because it's the name cachet stop feeding
5: them (laughs) That is it. This is why people go to see him. It's why they saw Texas, why they saw Nightmare, and everything that, that, that these remakes do, they get by on the name cachet
0: because, hey, there's an inbuilt audience. But Nightmare on Elm Street made more than Scream 4. And it's bland as fuck. Yeah. So I, I, don't, I don't get why Scream 4 didn't make much more money, but I think basically people had the sour taste of Scream 3. But then again, I mean, people had the sour taste of all the Freddies since the last good one, whatever that one was in their head. To, to make them not want to go see uh, the new nightmare. Uh, not the new nightmare. The, the right. 2010 nightmare. All right. No, I'll save it for that show. I'll save, it for- yep. <laughs> I'll exactly. save it for that. Save it for, it for yesterday. Save it for yep. last week. Fourth <laughs> <laughs> dimensionally, Marty? Anyway, speaking of which, Kruger is back. <gasps> Yay! Different Kruger. No! Aaron Kruger. No! So, yeah, it's just plain nasty. Uh, they don't go back to California for the, to film in the same t- town of Woodsboro. Um, uh, they actually went to Ann Arbor, Michigan. And it feels like a different town. Uh, oh, I'm so bored just thinking about this film. Um, Alison Brie turns up. I love Alison Brie. Thought she was the killer. Then they kill her. Okay.
5: Hayden Panettiere.
0: Hayden turns- Pantera turns up. I really liked the character of Kirby. She,
5: uh, everyone liked that character. She was the new Randy. Yeah.
0: And she was kept- a smart girl d- nerd, but at the same time, she was self possessed. She was kind of strong. Like, it, she seemed like the sort of person who, like, she got stabbed in the gut, and I was expecting her to come back and shoot someone in the head and be like, oh, you can't kill. Ugh, you can't kill Kirby. But then they just straight up fucking kill her. Uh, in a way that's not really subversive at all. Oh, you didn't expect the nerd, d- didn't we? Because, like, wasn't Randy a prime suspect in Scream? So, who gives a shit about your fucking, like, subversive bullshit? Why are you killing this person? Also, the bit where they kill the girl across the house... Yep. ...across the way, and then the, the girls are st- staring and watching, and it's really horrible. Yep. They fuck her up, and thus it falls prey to the kind of movies where all you're watching is girls being fucked up on screen. hmm I don't know why that's bad, but the original does, you, Nightmare on Elm Street, when Tina gets horribly killed, is okay. And in fact, really it's effective. Terrifying. It is terrifying. And that's the way it's meant to be. I think it's because at that point, you're so sick of the ghost killer being able to do whatever he wants to whoever he wants. There's no... Right. when That's you not subversive. See, when you go
5: see nightmare on elm street when you go see friday the 13th when you see halloween Hell when you see hellraiser and child's play these the the monsters are clearly defined and you know what they can do mm. and they don't break that suspension of disbelief mm. really great example with nightmare on elm street because it is a dream we've all had those really weird fucked up dreams so you know how weird dreams can be mm. this is meant to be a person
0: yeah and they're eight feet tall and can lift people bodily up. And I'm like, I was watching, I was going like, whoever this is, because I was watching it for the second time. And I'd fucking forgotten who the killer was. Same as in, when I watched uh, *Scream 3*. I was watching that like maybe the third time, and I'd forgotten who the fucking killer was. I was like, right, whoever this turns out to be, it better have—they better have the fucking upper body strength of Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, it's got to be the Rock. That's the Rock or <laughs> nobody. <laughs> And it turned out to be the fucking nerd who looks like, um, it's Rory Culkin. He, he basically looks like Steve Rogers before the super soldier serum. So and, it wasn't him Roberts. who was picking him up. And Eber Roberts, who is even thinner and smaller and slighter.
6: <sighs> so that's not happening. I think, And the they're reason-
0: genuinely horrible people. Not in an entertaining way like Stu and Billy, but just horrible people.
6: I think the reason why there's a distinction between that scene and the opening of um, Elm Nightmare on Elm Street...
0: Tina, it's called in the middle. Sorry? Tina is killed in the middle
6: of Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay, sorry. Well, the 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 point at which Tina is killed, um, is it's how it's sold by the uh, the people responding and yeah. by the surroundings. Like you said, Neil, it's uh it's a dream. Anything can happen. You don't see who's hurting her, and her boyfriend is cowering in the corner of the room, completely mm-hmm. terrified because he doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't know how to respond. The girls who are seeing this happen are are ostensibly responding in the same way, terrified, panicking, not understanding what's going on. Right, okay. you are both holding phones. There are people downstairs. You have two armed cops in a car outside your house. Physics, (laughs) bitch, there is something you can do about this. (laughs) Why are you not doing it?
0: (sighs) Sydney, why didn't you learn Krav Maga? You had fucking ten years! This is the 15 year anniversary of the Woodsboro Murders. You've had you've had 11 years since Scream Three, and she's still moping around writing books about like I've coming out of the shadow.
6: See, right, okay, I can t- I can buy that. If you build Sydney's character up as somebody who is basically so trapped by her own traumatic past that she does not respond by doing something about her situation. But that needs to be the point of exploration. The, the element of horror mm. in that scenario needs to be that your own mind is, is harder on you mm. than that slasher that's been after you for the last 15 years
0: also the real killer I mean we, we can pretty much ignore the fact that Charlie helped her Charlie's the stew in this case the real killer is Jill her cousin who um, she doesn't know we don't really get to see much of throughout the film she's barely there they keep playing the red her- herring with the boyfriend he keeps turning up and going boom like that That like, was well, clearly not him then and if it turns out to be him that's not exciting
1: hello Sydney surprised watch this This is the part, my dear cousin, when the cameras turn off. Charlie?
4: Already taken care of. Man, I got great footage of my Robbie kill. Better than Jenny and Marnie or Olivia even.
1: Good, we'll cut and upload it later. Make it all traceable to Trevor. Speaking of which...
4: Remind you of anything?
1: please. Shut up!
4: Everything I learned, I learned from you.
1: You think you had a shitty boyfriend, Sydney? There's one that fucks you, dumps you, and doesn't even make you famous.
2: (laughs) What the fuck,
1: Jill? I loved you! Shut the fuck up already! (laughs) Even your friends. My friends? What world are you living in? I don't need friends. I need fans don't you get it this has never been about killing you it's about becoming you i mean for fuck's sake my own mother had to die no great loss there so i could stay true to the original it's sick right well sick is the new saying. you had your 15 minutes now i want mine i mean what am i supposed to do go to college Grad school, work, look around. We all live in public now, we're all on the internet. How do you think people become famous anymore? You don't have to achieve anything. You just gotta have fucked up shit happen to you. So you do have to die, Sid. Those are the rules. New movie, new franchise. There's only room for one lead, and let's face it, your ingenue days, they're over.
0: So here's the thing how about she is the killer but she gets Charlie to constantly stalk her so that Sydney ends up as being this protector to try to like you know you will not kill my cousin you will you no you will not end up in my position and basically it becomes like this this thing that she ends up betraying her and um her motivations can still sort of be the same, but if the switcheroo is of someone that we've really built up and got to know... But it, she's just this background character. So when she does the fucking crazy eyes, it's like, oh, so this is the real you. Well, You're just a horrible, horrible person. I wonder how you kept that under wraps. So, so There's no... like, If you'd seen her really acting well beforehand, you'd be like, wow, she's actually like a really good little actress, and she's going to act like that for the cameras. Um, but again... She, as I said earlier, she's got completely the wrong end of the stick. The fucking media don't focus on the victim. Who's the last victim you remember that the media focusing on? Really, more than the killer. They don't. They focus on the killer. Exactly.
6: And Mickey that, the had victim was well. famous already. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, basically, if a, if a white girl gets kidnapped, my God, do they make a fuss about that white girl. If it's a Puerto Rican girl, maybe not so much. Sorry, I'm so sorry if I sound racist in this episode. These are elements of our society that make me ill, so I am the opposite of racist at this point. If she'd somehow orchestrated her kidnapping, hell yeah, she'd be fucking famous for a bit. But not surviving a murder spree. I think it's more going off the film's own
5: logic because of the whole point. I desperately try. I watched this not long ago. I can't remember what a fucking motive was, but
0: I, I remember thinking the motive it, was that you know it's always about you, Sydney. Well, I'm going to get all of that now, so I orchestrated it myself.
5: Yeah, it was the the concept is good again.
0: Execution didn't work. The concept is fucking shaky, but it could maybe have been done with with enough humour. And the right yeah. kind of rolling-eyed, great performance from a girl. But, um, no, this, uh, yeah, she went, she's rubbish.
6: I think part of the problem with it is, as, as we said before, about there's a difference between um, uh, satire and replication.
0: This is just you replication.
6: Can't, you can't set up your effective remake um, by going on and on and on about how shit sequelized horror films are, and then on and on and on about how terrible remakes are, and then expe- expect people to go, oh, but look, they've managed to turn it all around. No, you've just fallen into the trap of being a shitty remake.
0: It's like it, your your motivation is really pretty much just a spin on Mickey's motivation. It's it's not that much of a spin, basically. The the one where they all staged it and they all jumped up and went, it was all just a joke, yay would have been better
5: yeah
0: or like you know the, the, they don't the city doesn't even know that it's all just a joke but then she finds out I don't know she'd have to find out later that they weren't actually killed but um but yeah just the idea that it can become a point of obsession for multiple people is more interesting than just fame greedy horrible woman yeah hmm. so yeah that's basically that the, this ends not with a bang, not with a whimper, but with a ugh. And I bought this on Blu-ray because it was cheaper than DVD. And I don't know what to do with this Blu-ray. Pile of shame. Mm, no, because I don't want to give it to anyone. I don't think anyone deserves to see this film. And I don't want to give it to a charity shop. And I don't want to. I can't sell it because it's not going to. I suppose I might as well sell it and get maybe sixty p out of the deal. Oof. Oof. We we'll just bin it. Keep the box. And so keep the keep the case. Quite useful to put something else in. So cases are always handy. I've kept so many films that I don't really ever want to watch again. Just to keep on file, you know. I've got this giant giant library of folders. I never throw any films away. I never get rid of them. And uh, I've, got, I've now divided my collection in two. I used to keep them all together, but every time I was like, I want to watch a movie tonight, I'd go through the folders, just these giant CD wallets and be like, ugh, 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 ugh. ugh. Oh, that one's good. Ugh, ugh. So now it's just, I've got the great films, and I've got the, why do I keep these?
5: See, I just have, <laughs> I just have the Fast and Furious and the Marvel franchises
0: on an easy-to-reach shelf. Nice. Including The Incredible Hulk.
5: Because you know that's missing from my collection. You know it does my head in.
0: Well, I'll get you the Incredible Hulk for your birthday. When's your birthday? November the 27th. Oh! Deal. Deal. <laughs> okay, uh, so I think that's it for Scream. We're going to wrap it up now. Um, All right. Before we finish, yeah, sure. one of the reasons we did this is obviously the sad passing of Wes Cre- Craven. It is very It's made so much sadder by the fact that Scream 4 was his last. He had, a, he had another great film in him. He was like 76 or something.
5: I think one of his older films, possibly something like The People Under the Stairs or something along those lines, may be found again and treated as the missing wob.
0: Yeah. I think
5: that's more than likely going to happen. He has, got a, he has got a good... Or, or Red Eye. Red Eye. Red be. Eye would have been a really great last film to do. But like I said, this is the reason why we're doing it. There's another director, which I don't think we've covered on this show, and I'd like to see us do at least one of John these Carpenter. three films you knew where I was going <laughs> sounds like, like a I Wes said, Carpenter film because uh, the, he's 67 he's you know I don't want to see him go anytime
0: soon but so he's you're saying, okay, so the thing they live Big Trouble in a Little China no, I was I was going to say my, my,
5: my three would be <laughs> something good and I'm sorry because I'm, I'm going to leave out Big Trouble and there's a friend of ours on Twitter that's going to shout at me yeah, Jack this. Burton's
0: going to kill us
5: his name's leaving <laughs> Jack Burton but I'm going to say um, Brendan Agnew hello Brendan The Fog? The Fog. The Thing. The Thing. Or Escape from New York. Ooh. I thought you'd be taller. (laughs) I, I, you know, there's some, I mean, don't forget me, there's also They Live, Assault and Precinct 13, and Big Trouble in the
0: Little Channel, which are also awesome. I think the, the, I think maybe the most people in the world who've ever seen They Live saw They Live immediately on hearing of Mr. Roddy Piper's passing. That was like the biggest mass watching of They Live ever. They Live well, is a good film, but it's a bit too long. It's a bit long. It's, I mean, they could probably have taken out a good half an hour of, well, that of seen uh, him and Keith David punch each other in the testicles over and over again. But that's great. I mean, it's part of the fact that that goes on forever that makes it oddly charming. It is. Just put the sunglasses on, man. Never! Okay, right. So, Wes Craven, thank you, sir, for for delivering Nightmare on Elm Street Scream and a whole bunch of other horror films. Um, If you want to commemorate Craven with uh, something beyond these two franchises, as you say, try Red Eye. Because that's... uh, uh, First off, watch the trailer for Red Eye. Because basically, the trailer is a romantic comedy. And then halfway through, it suddenly goes... Oh no, we're a thriller, and it's got your favourite person in Rachel McAdams, Cillian <laughs> Killian Murphy, yes,
5: and Brad Fox. Or if you want to see something completely different, oh, yeah, Music of the Heart. Seriously, seriously, that is a Wes Craven film.
0: He's looking now. Of course I'm looking. You can't be I told to go see Music of the Heart <laughs> and not immediately start looking for Music of the Heart. Meryl Streep? Cloris Leachman? I did not know that. I think she got Oscar nominated.
6: I think Red Eye might actually have been one of the first Killian Murphy movies I saw.
0: Yeah. Uh, I saw 28 Days Later first. Mm.
6: Oh, oh God. yeah. Favorite yeah. also
0: directed Vampire in, in Brooklyn. No, no, And no. Cursed.
5: We do not talk about Vampire in Brooklyn. That is not a Wes Craven film. That is Eddie Murphy's ego.
0: Also, The Serpent and the Rainbow. If anyone's ever seen that film, I'm just going to say one word and you'll wince. Scrotum. <laughs>
5: <Don't even remind laughs> me. I like I that film. I think it's good.
0: I like it, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it, it creeped me the fuck out. I saw that late night on TV when I was a kid, which is how you're supposed to see horror movies. Yes. Because once you're an adult... All you do is think about the families and go. Oh, this is horrible. <laughs> anyway, that's that will do for us. So, uh, thank you very, very much, Neil Taylor. I'm, I'm, in a, I'm You're doing a genre where I'm in my element. I'm so happy. Of course, we wouldn't do it without you. Thank you. And uh, oh yeah, and happy Halloween, folks. One, two, Freddy's coming All for you. What's your favorite scary movie? Oh, so, uh, we, we we can't do the digital drift. See you in the. Oh my God, we can't ever do that again, can we?
6: Nope.
0: New handshake complete. Is is done. It's done. Uh, uh, <laughs> bring bring it back when you do Pacific Rim too. Maybe we will. Mm. Maybe we will. let schools no,
6: out though. Scott. Yeah.
0: Okay. Right. Yeah, okay. I've been Alex Shaw. I've been Sharon Shaw. And schools, schools out. Schools out. For summer. Nice. That's the first time <laughs> schools out on a podcast cool you can't do oh, schools cool. out
5: to an hours cooper fan yeah, and let's, not
0: expect something let's finish on uh, no no we can't finish on schools out. we've got to finish on red right hand that is by the way a truly excellent song and uh nick cave in the bad seeds and it's emblematic of scream you can't not think of uh, scream when you here this one mm. although you might think of the pete yawn version that's in hellboy but ultimately this is scream